See, I got a huge cock. She'll kill us all. Tell me how we fix this, Charles. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And what they don't understand. What they fear and what they fear. We seek to destroy. This is your fault, Charles. I tried to protect her. I'm scared. When I lose control, bad things happen to people I love. A girl dies. She's still Jean. We can still help her. Sometimes you want to believe people are something that they are not. By the time you realize who they are. It's too late. Yeah. Live from Cool Boys Central. Rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. <gasps> so cool. So cool. So cool. Oh, she's cool boy. X greetings, cool boy nation. And welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk. And I'm X Ballard. We didn't, I mean, I'm sure there's X-Men with F's and B's, but we didn't. Uh... I took no time to look it up. This yeah. movie didn't need me to. No. This episode, we'll be fucking the end uh, of the Fox so cool. universe. Okay, that's, I, I for, sorry, I forgot. I'm throwing off because there's no uh, and I'm supposed to say uh. Uh, There's an uh, it's in there, uh. This episode, we'll be discussing the end of the Foxman universe. So we will forgo our cool boy updates. Yes. And get right into X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and all the fabulous boners it has given us. She's coming. It's time for spoilers. Fucking thing sucks! Yeah! Ooh! So, Belk, I want to do this episode as fast as we possibly can. Yeah, all right. All right. Let's see how you see, see if that's possible. You you have a you have as big of doc as the Shazam spoiler cast. Woo! Uh, because I mean, obviously, if we're we're treating this as a uh, treatise or, or or wrap up or perhaps correct in memorandum right. of <laughs> in memoriam. Of, of the X-Men universe as a whole, which is sad and wrong because there's still another X-Men movie we haven't seen called New Mutants. Will we ever see that? I don't know. Only time I, think, I, think VOD. I think VOD. I think most people are assuming it's going to be on Hulu. Um, all right. So first things first. Not Crackle? Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Freeform. So first things first, we have never done a full X-Men rating. When we did the Deadpool spoiler cast, we did the Deadpool movies, but we did not do... The X-Men films, we actually fucked up the rankings of the X-Men films because we left out first class. So we're going to do that right this time at the end of this episode. Oh, good. So getting into this, let's try to do it quick. I'm going to try to be fast. And I, and I am going to try to say like a few things about each movie, but and I'm not going to be fast. on it. 
I'm going to try to be fast. Yeah. All right. So first film in the franchise, summer 2000, we get our first PG-13 Marvel film in theaters. We had Blade prior this to this. This is fast. We this is Blade. fast. This is fast. And I saw my little X-Men movie, and I loved it at the time. I think I probably would have given it like four out of five boys at the time. Watching it now, it's got a good story. I say it's probably like a three out of five boys. It's TV quality. Um, yeah. And it's a cheap fucking movie with a sleazy director, so you can't, you can't look back on it quite the same way. It's very um, isolated. I'm just, I'll, I'll give it four out of five because of the precedent it set. It did figure out a couple of things. And next movie, X2, X-Men United. Yes. My fucking favorite of the entire franchise, I think. I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it is. Um, I give this a, an easy five out of five boys. It has everything. It has Brian Cox as a villain. It dives deeper into Wolverine's past. And it gives us stakes. It gives us stakes. I, I'm gonna give it four and a half. My issue with it has always been the same. I don't like exactly. I don't like Magneto's sudden turn at the end. That he. Oh, they have I don't to, think it was so sudden. They have. Well, it's not a sudden turn. I, he's always done that. But like, I like. I always prefer uh, Magneto when he's fighting with the X Men, or at least like as a tacit, like a you know a little bit of agreement. And this, this movie, the second one in the franchise, gave us that. Here's here's Magneto having to fight. For good, it's just the the way he all of a sudden at the end decides to kill all the humans when he had been trying to stop them from killing all the mutants seemed not Magneto. He does he's not genocidal typically. He's just dominant because he's 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 Malcolm X. Malcolm X didn't want to kill all the white people. I, I don't think he just definitely wanted to uh, advocate for a violent black uprising, which is why Professor X is is. Uh, Martin Luther King. I thought Magneto peaceful. did want to kill people. I thought that that made him the like a villain and, and well, not just you know he will. I mean, he, he definitely w wants humans to be seen as like second class citizens because the whole problem with Magneto is he's a Holocaust survivor who kind of becomes the fascist. But even he would typically, even a, a smart interpretation of Magneto would probably see that like mass genocide probably makes me the thing I'm fighting against. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really put it that way. Scale myself. it back. Fassbender never seemed to try to exterminate all humans. No, but he had no problem killing humans. Individuals, sure. Oh, no problem. Individuals, if they were in his way. Speaking of Magneto being as a villain, yeah, we can move on. That's a, that's literally a transition I can use for every single one of these movies, pretty much that are X Men related. So, speaking of Magneto as a villain, X Men: The Last Stand. We also get our first links to things we saw in the recent film, Dark Phoenix. I, uh, I like it a lot more than I think most people do. Um, I would probably give it a 3.5 out of 5, boys. I, I actually don't mind the action. I think Brett Ratner did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, well, with an asterisk. Yeah, with an asterisk, considering he took over a film that was abandoned weeks prior by Matthew Vaughn. And Matthew Vaughn essentially overtook a, a film franchise that Brian Singer just bounced and left on to go do Superman Returns. Yeah. So, I mean, that movie, the fact that it's even got made and it was made, you know, competently, it's pretty awesome in the first place. And it's it's really not a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah, I don't know much about the director of uh, The Wolverine, and I'm sure James Mangold is a pretty nice person. But I love that Brian Singer, Matthew Vaughn, and Brett Ratner have all been revealed to be dicks. <laughs> I mean, Vaughn yeah. the least, but he, you know, cheating on your wife. Claudia Schiffer with... Well, I, I think that's all rumored, isn't it? Isn't that just rumor? 
the divorce wasn't rumor. I mean, I mean oh, something something happened, but uh, something. He's definitely the the least scumbaggy of the three of them. I would definitely agree with that. Followed by Ratner, and then obviously Brian Singer. What's your rating of uh, the Last Stand? Uh, not as bad. I agree with you. Not, not as bad as everyone gives it shit for. I'm gonna give it three out of five because, uh, yeah, on a directing level, it is weird. There's weird cuts. Like when it cuts to Wolverine in the forest, uh, it's it's like such a jarring. It's like not directed properly, and, and there's like little spots that just stand out. There's no introduction to Magneto. It just cuts to him. It feels like they cut to the four shot like a few times, and it's almost exactly the same aerial. But it, yeah, in the forest in particular, that, that's the Fox Forest. That, that's that's famous. It was also used in X Men X Two and a lot of other X Men movies. Make what? use of this uh, forest outside of uh, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and it's famously called famously called the Fox Forest because Fox has been using it for not just movies but also like the X Files when that was shot in Vancouver. So they've been they've been going to this forest for a long fucking time, and uh, Wolverine is where it starts to, you know, really. Or sorry, not Wolverine. I'd say even the Last Stand is where it starts to really get get grading. That like, yeah, forests are cheap, which is why pretty much every Star Wars fan film takes place on indoor. Oh man, I love that in Gladiator. They were just like Ridley. Yeah, you can just destroy this forest. We're gonna deforest this whole section. So go ahead, burn it down. Do whatever you want during your 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 battle sequence. Yeah, there's, and he there's did. Trees on fire. There's trees on fire in that sequence. He just fucking flat out just lights trees on fire in that scene. Can't do the that to the fox forest. We need it next <laughs> week for bones. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Or yeah, or you know, uh, any of the CW shows are they maybe uh, renting it out? They are all in Vancouver, so I I wouldn't be surprised if they've also used that forest. Well, Felk, do you think X-Men Origins Wolverine was filmed in the Fox Forest? It had a lot of lumberjack sequences. See, I, I, I want to say no, because wasn't that shot, like, in a weird location? Wasn't that all made in, like, South Africa or something? I seem to recall they shot that one somewhere, like, Bolivia or someplace. No, <laughs> I don't think so. That that looks like a whole movie was shot on the soundstage in, in Vancouver. I honestly don't know where that movie was filmed, but it does not look like it was shot anywhere other than a soundstage for the most part. And then, and then, like, Vancouver Forest. Sunk's going to Wikipedia. Australia and New, uh, and New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah, New uh, South Wales, Australia. Which is why that weird, like, uh, farm guy that Wolverine becomes friends with for, like, 15 minutes has, like, an awkward Australia. I was like, is this guy have an Australian accent? And he's, like, an Iowa. Where are we? Are we in Iowa? Where the fuck are we right now? I thought I thought Alkali Lake was was in Canada, right? Yeah, I think it's like you're near Alberta, Canada, maybe. I don't really know. So why do so many people have Australian accents? I guess now we know. Uh, well, I give this uh, my cool boy rating of X Men Origins Wolverine. I give this a one out of five boys. I remember seeing this in theaters with you, Felk, and we were laughing our asses off. Bill Bellamy was sitting behind us. He, I'm sure, did not appreciate the constant laughter, but we were laughing at the Seinfeld sitcom styled green screen out the back of the car whenever they were driving it was all of a sudden like oh my god this is this is nbc like like primetime quality green screen and it was and this is what 2009 if i'm not mistaken it was this horrible this was fucking terrible and this whole movie felt that way and there was a leaked unfinished film if you recall cool boy noli did see that one he saw the uh, the, the leaked unfinished version and he said guess what 
not much different no. than the one we saw. <laughs> Obviously, it had some animatics, but it was just like one of those things where you're like, wow, that's how horrible like the CGI was because it was really bad. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think they bit off too much so they can chew. Uh, and the plot was horrible too. To be honest, it the, was the, fucking the, all the, over every, the place. Everything, everything about that movie is bad. But what I, 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 I what did you rate it at? How many? One. One boy. I'm gonna give it two, just because of the sheer fact that while it is horrible. There's a game. There's a video game that came from I've, it. That's amazing. I've, no, the, that's not. No, no that's not. I'll give it another boy for that. Actually, my, that's not. That's not proper review skills. You shouldn't be. <laughs> that's mine. In uh, outside factors. It doesn't yes. matter. I don't care if the Chronicles Dude. of fucking Riddick has a really <laughs> great, great game. The movie's terrible. No, Wolverine. It, I'm gonna give it two Disney stars. If Disney pays me, I will just give it a good rating. Are you kidding me? I don't have any fucking qualms with anything. I'll, I'll just anything influences anything. I'm gonna give. Well, I'm a proper film critic uh and i will give the wolverine those two stars because while terrible and clearly an unfinished product that was released because it hit its release date uh it is not super boring it's so terrible yes, it it's, it's so boring it's it, it's so terrible that at least well it, that we're gonna get to a much more confidently made movie that's incredibly boring down the line i remember the wolverine and i remember the theatrical experience and I cannot now say that about all the X-Men movies. I know. I can say I've seen every single X-Men film in theaters. I'm happy to say that. Yes, that's what oh, I have. I didn't see the Wolverine in theaters, which is oh. uh, not how we move forward. Uh, before we do that, first, <laughs> or like fifth, um, oh. we should move on to X-Men First Class. <gasps> first 20 minutes are great because Magneto's fighting Nazis and Magneto's fuckable Magneto all of a sudden. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the rest of the movie fuckable. is kind of a mess, and really, film fans will notice that uh, uh, there was initially going to be a series of X Men Origins, and the next one's going to be Magneto, and I believe David S. Goyer had wormed his tendrils into that and uh, had a script, yeah, and some of that script true. was used for First Class, yeah, which is the X Men, which is just the non X Men uh, Magneto fighting. Nazis uh, in, in South America. So that, that shit is the best, and I would prefer to just have that movie. Um, the part where, like, all the fucking mutant kids, including Jennifer Lawrence, who we didn't know how important she was then, is, is, <laughs> is being like, I'm going to show you my power. And then, like, uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter is like, I'm going to show you my power. And then mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of other people who I sure as fuck don't remember. Or like showing off their powers. That's it. That it's it's not anywhere near as good as as when uh, Fastbender is f fucking stabbing people with a Nazi knife. Stabbing yeah, Nazis okay. with a Nazi knife and a bartender. That stuff you, that you're talking about is very Vaughn esque. Like that's what Matthew Vaughn does. I mean, he he has he has that kind of uh, uh, playfulness with film and with his characters where they become like gleeful, almost ridiculously gleeful at times. Or even if it, it involved killing or not killing, um, it is. It has weird moments, uh, especially with like the way that um, you know the, the, some of the characters show their powers, like you know doing hula hoops to fire off you know energy beams. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, Zoe Kravitz's wings look ridiculous, and you know, but I mean, like they did a really good job with Banshee having Banshee, and I think uh, the the stunt double for Zoe Kravitz were at least attached to actual, like, helicopters and flown around, and they just filmed them. And one of the things about that movie, the CGI is really heavy, but they did almost all that CGI work as the film was shot. 
uh, it was to help turn it around because it was such a fast turnaround. Yeah, so I understand it. It wasn't until Days of Future Past that they even started like approaching the budgets that you would expect for like a Spider-Man, yeah, uh, you know, Sam Raimi quality movie or or I mean, just because adjusted for inflation, I'm using something from then. Obviously, adjusted for inflation, that that comes out to like Endgame or maybe even more for Endgame. But, you know, obviously those budgets are broken down way differently and you were actually still building shit back in the days of even first class. They had sets. They built sets. They didn't build sets for in-game. And they built some cool sets, too. I mean, I, the, the, uh, one of the things that was a full CGI set for first class was actually the mirror room where they had the reactor and all that stuff for uh, Kevin Bacon's character to walk into. Yeah. That was a fully CGI set. So that was like always all the reflections of... Kevin Bacon are all CGI supposed, recreations. This is supposed which is, to be a fast. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be fast. Um, right. I don't recall if you gave your rating for First Class. What'd you give it? I'm going to give it four and a half. I think it is the best film up to this point, and probably the best film in the well, no, the best film up to this point. Okay, so um, I would give it probably a four and a half out of five boys too. I I, I love it. Yeah. So let's go. Let's move on to the Wolverine. So I'm going to give this one two different ratings, and I'll just do it real I've fast. I've never realized right that's how Wolverine is spelled. God, that's, what a what a weird name to have so, be so successful for a superhero. I love it. I love that name. So um, First the Class was part. really, really, really well written, and I thought that the plot was uh, you know fairly well structured, and it did a great job of pulling in real-world events. Um, the Wolverine, for me, was also really well written to me. I actually liked it based on the, uh, the story that was done – uh, in the comics by Chris Claremont, but um, I I felt neutered. Yeah, the Wolverine felt neutered, and and it wasn't until I saw the Wolverine Unleashed Extended Edition where I saw what James Mangold wanted to actually make the film he wanted to make, where I was like, wow, he actually made a really good movie. I would say that the theatrical version of the Wolverine is a simple three and a half out of five boy film, and that the Wolverine Unleashed Extended Edition is a four and a half out of five boy. Th- that much of an improvement, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a full boy up. I really like it. it our rating gives it a lot more. The ending is look much more streamlined, um, as far as I'm concerned, as well as it's it's more interesting. The fight with the ninjas he has through the town and the village on his way up to the uh, the tower on the cliff. I like the third act of the Wolverine. I kind of like the video game boss level esqueness of it. I like that it comes back to being uh, an X Men movie because for the first two acts it feels. So uh, totally different. And, 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 and I that. like that kind of tangent, especially when we're in, like, what, how many films now? Seven films down the line? This is the f- sixth. sixth film. Sixth film. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I, 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 the Wolverine, I, well, one thing I was surprised about is that for, for the previous two films, X-Men Origins Wolverine, and then especially First Class, we'd, saw, we'd begin to see the gradual degradation of the continuity of those films. And like first class ignores the whole thing where Xavier says he was 17 when he met uh, Magneto because no goddamn way is James McAvoy supposed to be playing 17 in those scenes. And also, you know, never mentioning anything about, oh, by the way, Mystique's my best friend. But they never say she's not his best friend either. And Wolverine also seems to have some inconsistencies about exactly, you know, with how Wolverine became, the, uh, you know, the Wolverine he is now in comparison to X-Men United. But then uh, the Wolverine weirdly opens up as almost a direct, like, sequel to the fallout from The Last Stand with Wolverine still recovering from, like, memories of killing Jean Grey. Uh, they even got 
Famke back, you know, j- just to have yeah, that cons- consistency. That was a weird choice considering the next movie, they'll just say f- absolute fuck any continuity. Uh, and, and from that point on, it, it was a continuity nightmare. So, like, The Wolverine is the last movie in which we could pretend this is one consistent franchise that I, doesn't contradict itself. I think that really ended for me back with X-Men Origins Wolverine. For me, it's kind of seemed to start there because there was just things in that movie that you're just like, this doesn't match up. And no. this And this striker doesn't match up with the striker we've gotten used to with Brian Cox, you know, in X2 just two films ago. So for me, it started kind of slipping then. But I see what you're saying that, yeah, this is really – because James Mangold really made an effort to say, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm going to make my movie. I want to make the movie I want to make. But and, then why and does Fox he – was like, fine. Why, why did they have to have, like – I guess the, the, he just needed for the script, the Wolverine to have – like, for Wolverine to have, like, gone through some shit. And, and that's why he's living in seclusion. And they just said, well, we can use what happened at the end of The Last Stand – even though yeah. we're at the point where we're kind of trying to get away from the last stand. Yeah. And it and it, at, we, you are right. From here on out, X-Men films will pick and choose what they deem as continuity from whatever movie they want. And, and, and it doesn't have to be the whole film. They'll, they'll cherry pick certain elements out of a movie and then completely yeah. leave out other elements of that film out and just be like, well, we more of a Taggart is completely immortal in the world of the X-Men Oh, yeah. Well, so is Professor Xavier, technically. He dies in The Last Stand and then shows up out of nowhere and, and at the end of The Wolverine and then is a character in Days of Future Past. Yeah, they, they – we'll get into that. Uh, so what did I give The Wolverine? Three, three and a half? I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half? I, so I, I, that's, that's my rating uh, theatrically, but then – I've yeah, only like seen theatrical. The Unleashed is better, um, and, and that's also the point – I think The Wolverine was the point where I finally started getting comfortable with X-Men films just being like, fine. Whatever. You're doing whatever you want. For some reason, we just saw First Class, which is supposed to be kind of a reboot, soft reboot, and now The Wolverine is like a direct a direct sequel to The Last Stand. Whatever. Whatever. Made it easier moving forward into X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, and Days of Future Past kind of starts at the very end because there's a post uh, uh, very end of The Wolverine because there's a post-credit scene that was actually shot by, I think, Brian Singer. Um and James Mangold didn't, like, know or care or, or even wanted in his, his movie, as far as I, I know, because it has nothing to do with the, the events of The Wolverine. And, uh, now Are you we, kidding me? He's, he's at the airport. Yeah, it's it, well, <laughs> he's flying back. Yeah, that's when he got off the plane with Yukio or whatever. Oh, I never thought about that. I thought that was just, like, a random another day that Wolverine was flying. I think it technically was. Like, I don't think time-wise that would make sense that that was literally him just getting off of that private jet and walking through an airport. Yeah. But I, I guess that's the connection that Fox representatives or Fox executives thought. Okay. They're like, yeah, let's just connect it that way. He's in an airport. Perfect. Well, let's move on to X-Men. And by the way, and Brian Singer was MIA, right, during, like, lots of Days of Future Past. So it so. might be possible that Brian Singer was just MIA during the shooting of that airport sequence as well. I, I didn't. I, I've only heard the MIA stuff for uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody, but oh no, he also went MIA for Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse. He went MIA for that as well. Well, and nobody knew knew where he went. Simon Kimberg is apparently the person who stepped up at those times to shoot the sequences needed for those films. Yeah. and that's why he ended up getting on the good graces of Fox executives and being able to film. Dark Phoenix. 
So moving forward with Days of Future Past, I give it five out of five boys. It, it, it is the only other X-Men film for me that stands right there with X2, X-Men United. I love it. I love that it's fan service for all over the place. I love that the continuity doesn't fucking even matter anymore. It is pick and choose who you need for the scene, and then they're there. Yeah. Like, that's all it is at that point. And um, a lot I of actually, stuff that, that oh, should have had at least a line of dialogue to explain. There needs to be a line of dialogue where, where you know, Wolverine says to Professor X, so crazy that you were able to have your body cloned but weren't able to cure the paralysis from the cloned body and then transfer <laughs> your uh, consciousness into it uh, from the the coma patient that you would transfer your body into, which was revealed at the end of the last stand. And then, and then uh, Professor X is like, yeah, Magne- uh, yeah, yeah, Wolverine. It's, and it's also totally cool that uh, Magneto was able to put uh, adamantium back onto your claws because the last time you, we saw you, you didn't have adamantium on your claws because of the events of the Wolverine. And then uh, Magneto walks in and goes, yeah, I, and I'm really glad that the cure that I was forced to get at the end of the last stand uh, wore off as only slightly hinted ah! by me moving a chess piece yeah. very, very slightly. But now I've got complete full uh, return of my powers, which is also how Rogue, who also got the cure in that movie, has her powers back. All that needed to at least be like you, you needed five minutes to fucking no, sort that out. No, I love that that's not sorted out at all. I love it's just like you don't need to see any other X Men film to see Days of Future Past. But at the same time, if, if you have seen the other movies, it's incredibly. It makes confusing. it more fun. It makes it more confusing and more entertaining. Like they specifically brought in. Um, now I can't remember uh, Ellen Page's name. <laughs> Ellen Page it back like and Kelsey Grammer. For, to maintain that yes, the last stand happened. That's continuity. But we're the 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 depowering at the end of it, and the fucking fact that Professor Xavier's dead. We are not going to explain that at all. It is barely mentioned in a post credit scene. So have you seen the roll <sighs> cut of? Yeah, uh, I watched Days it on Future HBO. Past. I watched it on HBO. I liked it. I actually liked the roll cut. Thought, I thought it well. It, it does uh, explain the part where Fastbenders is getting his like helmet back. Because that scene's weird in the original, in the theatrical cut. But when it's intercut with old Magneto doing shit, too, that worked way better. That said, um, yeah, it was kind of a... It, it seemed like it was only in there to get Anna Paquin back. And, like, did anyone need more Paquin? We got seven seasons of Real Blood. I got all the Paquin I needed. But didn't they kill off um, uh, Iceman in in the road cut when he's trying to save Rogue? He I don't remember. Die. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's how... I, it doesn't, okay. it doesn't well, matter if any of them die. They all die. Well, yeah, because... Okay, you're right. It doesn't matter if any of them die because they all die and they all come back. Yeah. So... All right, well, moving on to things that don't matter. Deadpool. I love Deadpool. I think I gave the original maybe like a four out of five boys. I, I love it. I, I still love it. Maybe I give it a 4.5 out of five boys because I've rewatched it and I love it still even more. Yeah, Cool Boy Nation for more on our thoughts on Deadpool. We're going to keep this one brief because there's a full Deadpool spoiler cast. So, yeah, the only thing about Deadpool, I don't know if we mentioned ever in our uh, spoiler cast for Deadpool 2, is that we owe everything to the leaker who leaked the visual effects test footage. That's that's the reason we have Deadpool, and I'm so happy. I like that Deadpool is willing to even go further and make fun of the Fox continuity. I like that he does all that. He, he essentially fanboys out there for all of us mm. and calls it all out. I like that. I'm glad that we took time to 
give uh, thanks to the the leaker of the the Deadpool footage, which was probably Ryan Reynolds. I, I ah, it could be Tim Miller though. I mean, it came from his company, right? He's he owns Blur. Yeah, he owns was, Blur. It was, he was Blur. The, yeah. I mean, he probably told like an assistant editor that he had no problem firing. You know, <laughs> like you know, just leak it, and then if I have to fire you, I can fire you, and I'll hook you up later. Tim Miller, if you're listening, write into the Cool Boys podcast and tell us what James Cameron's dick tastes like. <gasps> I'm betting good. Why would you say such things? Well, he just got unprecedented uh, power after after Deadpool to to now be uh, like he's he's almost like second in charge of the James Cameron Empire. It feels like at this point. <laughs> All right, but so I mean, you could say the same thing for McG, <laughs> but that didn't pan out. You could say the same thing. No, like, but James uh, Cameron Robert wasn't Mostow involved. Wasn't involved in in Terminator Salvation. Was he involved with Robert Mostow's Terminator Three? Uh, it was Jonathan Mostow, and no, he was Jonathan not. He was he had he was not involved in it, nor did he have any control. He's the producer of Terminator. He's Dark involved Fate. in Genesis. No, after the dealer? fact, after the fact, after the fact, after the movie came out, they they were like, "Can we get your sample?" All right, we're not doing this. We're not talking about Terminator, but we can talk about James Cameron a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. All right, I let's move. Let's let's move on to X Men. I, I, you, you never gave a Deadpool rating. Four out of five boys. So yeah, move on. X Men Apocalypse. It's garbage. It's fucking garbage. It's it for me. It's two out of five boys. Learning. <laughs> what? Uh, l- l- I said learning, which is <laughs> uh, the way uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's plays Apocalypse, learning to speak English. Uh, Waste of Oscar Isaacs, and I don't think Oscar Isaacs is that much, honestly, to, to even waste. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a bad movie on pretty much every every account. Um, had trouble getting through it, honestly. Uh, it felt at, at this point like that. This is when the X Men movies started being like, why are they why are they setting up for another run? Like you're you're casting a new Jean Grey and Cyclops. I thought we were done with this shit. Well, I mean, there is there is a little bit of reason for that. Yes, it does feel like we're we're going on to a new trilogy in a way, rather than ending a trilogy. But it, it did not feel like it was ending the X X Men First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse was the trilogy ender. It did feel like we're okay. Wait, so this is ep- this is movie one in a trilogy, and there was going to be a trilogy. Dark Phoenix essentially was going to be a two parter, um, but that didn't happen. And also, it's it's just kind of poorly thought out uh, a lot of things about apocalypse just I, we don't i mean there's no reason to get into any of that now but one of the most one of the biggest things moving into a dark phoenix at least is that gene gray in apocalypse clearly has the phoenix force and so it is just the weirdest thing that the creatives involved with that film who were involved with dark phoenix just didn't connect that i don't know what the fuck that is that's the oddest thing i because it's a big it's not like a small part of the film at like the very last frame where it's kind of like do you see the phoenix under the water do you see it it's no this is like she uses the force to kill apocalypse essentially right uh yes like that's a big fucking deal that's not just maybe she was getting it through like wi-fi and, and, and it was finding yeah. her, and that's why it's coming to her in the next movie. The the only the way I would I would I would rationalize it, uh, or I try to after seeing Dark Phoenix was that maybe she has some of this naturally in her, and that's why the Phoenix Force was attracted to her in the first place. And that's not necessarily ever really said. Yeah, maybe that's this is the shape of the Phoenix, is what, which is what we see at the end of Apocalypse or whatever. 
and in That's the last ten is just her. But this is her. the actual entity that makes her super powerful. Although she was fucking super powerful in the last stand. I I, I understand this movie. Uh, X Men Dark Phoenix is is saying, don't worry about last stand. That didn't happen. But in the continuity, it did happen just in a different it timeline. Did. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And there's people in that movie that are uh, alive that, you know, die earlier. So that's just odd. Um, so anyways, Apocalypse, did you say your boys? Two. Yeah, so same. Two. Yeah, two. All right, moving on to another great film in the franchise, Logan. Yeah. Um, I love Logan. Logan is a 4.5 out of 5 boys for me. The only reason it's not a 5 out of 5 boy for me, the only reason, I just don't like the clone fight. I don't like he fights a clone. Yeah. I don't like that at all. It's like the only thing about that movie I don't like at all. Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, I love it. It's uh, it's Hugh Jackman's stunt double with Hugh Jackman's face mo-capped onto it is the villain. And uh, that's – anytime he's on screen, that was what I was seeing. I was seeing, like – even though that's not Hugh Jackman's body, it's a stunt double's body. It was just trying to, like, do classic Hugh Jackman. And uh, I didn't. I didn't need that. I wanted old, old uh, Hugh Jackman. I, I. I will also give Logan four out of five stars. This is also the, the film that finally says, "Yeah, fuck continuity." And if there are at least two timelines, there's at least three timelines because Logan's its own timeline. Because if this is the future that emanates from the happy future of days of future past, well, that's a big fuck you to the happy future of days of future past, which is, I believe, still the future that the X-Men Dark Phoenix timeline is heading towards. Right. Uh, but Logan is just his own separate timeline with no explanation. Right, because Logan also picks like moments from X-Men to be like continuity and moments from X-Men The Last Stand to be continuity, but then purposely ignores things in X2, X-Men United. And so it's like that kind of sure. weird like cherry-picking where it's just like, okay, so James Mangle just took what elements he needed to to make the script he wanted to make to make a great script. And it works. It's a self-contained it issue of, of the is. comic book one shot. movie series of the Foxman franchise. Yeah. It's a one-shot. Um, I was blown away afterwards, the visual effects of that film, how much of uh, facial replacement there was for Hugh Jackman, uh, how many times they put his face on, on stunt drivers and stunt coordinator or, or just stuntmen. Yeah. Um, that blew me away. Uh, I had no idea you were looking at a CGI face like up close and personal in the frame a lot of the time. No, yeah, I mean and, you, you knew uh, when it's a it's clone impressive. and they're they're both in the same shot. Like, okay, that's pro one of those is face mapped. But like the driving yeah. stuff, I just assumed Hugh Jackman did stunt driving, and nope, he's too good for that. I know that's what's weird. So it's like it's like you couldn't just be in a rig like, and the car was driven around by a truck in front of you, and like. Like you're safe, like nothing, nothing, none of it hurts. It's all, but I guess, yeah, you're right. There's a reason um, why I got you know Steve McQueen on my wall. It's because he knew he how to it. drive cars and was willing to do that. The uh, the thing about the clone that Jackman. also upset me is that the clone was designed to look like Hugh Jackman now, younger. And when you go back and you rewatch X Men and X Two X Men United, he's not as cut. He's not as veiny. He's not as tan. He's a lot doughier. Yeah, he's not he's in that like, good of shape in the first X-Men movie. So he really is I felt like the clone should have looked like X-Men version of Hugh Jackman, not like a younger version of this roided out Hugh Jackman. Maybe they cloned him to have more testosterone. I, I, <laughs> I mean, between X-Men and X-Men 2, X, or X2, X-Men United. Uh, Terrible name. 
yeah, uh, he he clearly took some roids because uh, there's there's he he was competing. He, Hugh Jackman was competing with Doe Gray Scott, and it's not like Doe Gray Scott was like super jacked either, you know, for X Men. No, he was not. Well, no, Brian didn't want him jacked. No, he likes twinks. <laughs> oh, Felky Poo. So Felk, hey, have you ever seen Logan Noir? No. I've watched like the first twenty minutes, and then I've usually I put it on before bed, and I just fall asleep. Um, it's not like it's terrible. It's one of those things that's amazing because I remember listening to the Empire spoiler cast in which James Mangold is talking with one of the reporters, and he was like, you know, th- like discussing the reporters. Excuse me, was discussing doing this thing in black and white, the movie in black and white, considering the trailer was so cool in black and white. And James Mangold's like, yeah, the trailer editor made it black and white. We never intended for our movie to be black and white and so the reporter was like well you should do that for the blu-ray and james mangold was like you're right we should do that for the blu-ray that's a great idea well i love that james mangold fucking did that for the blu-ray he went back and he color timed it for black and white that doesn't mean he just threw on a black and white color filter and went good to go that would be essentially grayscale what he went and did is actually went back and color timed it for black and white so blacks were richer whites were popping better and that you did have a scale of gray that you could, you know, see in range, but it was done more in a of, of almost like a, a film noir comic book graphic novel esque style, and it's really cool. I, I don't I, honestly, when directors make their move, release their movies in black and white, and there's other examples like uh, Mad Max uh, Fury Road has the blood and chrome or black or something in chrome. That's the way he wanted to make the movie. He ne- he did not want to make the movie in color. And when they said you have to make it in color, he said, fine, we'll go full saturated color then. And there's Frank Darabont's black and white version of The Mist. Oh, yeah, that's right. He wanted to do that because he wanted to go back to pulp comic type days and stuff like that in the old Twilight Zone like mm-hmm. kind of feel. Yeah. And, the, and the studio was like, no, you cannot do that. All these versions are available on Blu-ray disc. They are. But I yeah. don't give a fucking shit because movies are <laughs> color. If, if you want to make a movie in black and white, have a movie come yeah. out in theaters in black and white. Woo! Like, I mean, Cold War did it. You know? Schindler's List. Schindler's List did it. Citizen Kane did it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about black and white versions of movies that are released in color. I'm just going to watch them in color. All right. Well, okay. Speaking of a color movie, Deadpool two. Deadpool two, in color. Check out the spoiler cast, uh, please, Cool Boy Nation. If you haven't, it's great. It's a wonderful spoiler cast. It's a wonderful movie. I like Deadpool two. I give Deadpool two like uh, I think a three point five out of five boys. Maybe in the spoiler cast, I think now I would give it a four out of five boys. Easy. If if it isn't there, it's definitely four out of five. It makes me laugh every time. I love the Celine Dion Ashes song. It's incredible. It's perfect. And I've gone and bought. The Deadpool 2 Super Duper Cut. I love that. I can't get enough Deadpool 2. And I went and bought Once Upon a Deadpool. And let me just say, Fred Savage kills it. I fucking love Fred Savage and Once Upon a Deadpool. All right, since you're going to talk about it anyways, what what is, what's the fucking point of that version? Was it to just get it in theaters as PG-13? Yeah, I think it was literally just to get it in theaters as PG-13 to do two things. One, make more money for Fox because they're about to lose Fox. And two, let's test Deadpool for Disney, and Disney's probably excited about this too, and see if they can make a PG-13 Deadpool that makes money. I guess they should just make a, uh, give them one more, if they want one more, to finish off the Deadpool trilogy. 
So Disney and Bob Iger has flat out said, don't worry, you're getting more Deadpool, and it's Ryan Reynolds, and it's not changing, and it's the same creative teams. We are not fucking with Deadpool. He's pretty much he, – I, I think he specifically said, quoted, we will not fuck with Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool is perfectly fine, yo. Yeah. So. Deadpool's fine, yo. That's, that's, that was a quote. So, Felk, what would you give Deadpool 2? Deadpool 2 was uh, – I mean, I, don't, I gave it a rating already, so now I don't remember what my rating was. But this is yeah, my – Yeah, but what is it now? My memory rating, two and a half. Yeah. It was fine, I think- but I, I don't really remember it. I, me- I remember Brad Pitt's uh, cameo, which was off yeah. like two frames. And Matt Damon cameo. I don't remember Matt um, Damon. Matt Damon had a cameo? Yeah, he's uh, one of the cowboys in the beginning, or the uh, the, the. Oh the yeah, nobody recognized him. Right, because he's wearing all the makeup. All right, Deadpool two, I would say, yeah, also four out of five boys, and Once Upon a Deadpool, also four out of five boys. It's funny, it's good at PG thirteen, and and I just like I gotta say again, Fred Savage, amazing. All right, we're here. Dark Phoenix time. Actually, you have it written as X-Men Dark Phoenix, but I believe the title of this film is just Dark Phoenix. All right. You're still okay. So, okay, okay. So, domestically for us, the United States, it is called Dark Phoenix because clearly marketing is trying to distance themselves from the X-Men name because they're going to try to revamp that name in not too many years from now under a different brand called the MCU. So, it was not called X-Men Dark Phoenix for the domestic United States. However, internationally, the film was X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah, you know who we don't give a shit about here on the Cool Boys podcast? Just the majority of our audience that's international. The international audience. <laughs> yeah, a good chunk of our audience. Oh, I'm a big fan of the Cool Boys podcast here in Glassenshire. Like, I don't fucking care. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in Kenya. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in, in Russia. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in... Poland. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in Japan. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in the Philippines. I love you, Cool Boy Nation in Turkmenistan. This could go on forever. Are these even places we've actually gotten hits? We haven't gotten a hit in Turkmenistan. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. All right, stop naming countries. Saudi Arabia. I don't want them to listen to us. United Arab Emirates. No thanks. UAE. Yeah. Iran. No, we haven't had any of these. Are you, are you? What are you doing? You're just naming countries? Are these actual? Have we actually gotten a hit from Iran? I don't think we actually got any hits from Iran. All right, all right. Quick, what's your quick? What's your goddamn quick cool boy rating of X Men? Internationally known, X Men Dark Phoenix. I give this movie mm. a stellar, mm. pun intended, a stellar three point five out Not of five. Really. They, boys. Don't, they don't go anywhere near any stars. <laughs> just, just barely <laughs> into space. So yeah, I uh, yeah, three point five out of five boys. Um, I like this movie a lot more, I think, than I was expecting. I went in there thinking it was gonna be shit. I was prepped on this movie was gonna be shit. I was told it was, it was shit from a bunch of reviewers. I was told it was shit from like cinema audience scores and whatever. And I uh, I just was like, okay, this movie's gonna be shit. And I went in and I think it must have been because my expectations were low. The hype level was so low <laughs> that I just. I was willing to accept whatever movie I got, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it is Hans Zimmer, honestly. Hans Zimmer did the score? Yeah, and I think he killed it. I love the score. Didn't he say he wasn't going to do any superhero movies after Batman v Superman? Well, obviously he continued to do more shit. Yeah, maybe this was shot before Batman v Superman. This movie's been in the can for a long time. Uh, Yes, this movie was supposed to come out, uh, like what, last November? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then James Cameron was all like, "No, do not put it out because I want I want you to put Alita Battle Angel out instead." And then Fox was like, "But it's an X Men movie, Jimmy." That didn't Jimmy happen. That, yes, it did. No, yes, no, did. that that was a cover. That was a cover for the fact no. that the movie was a mess, and they needed to rework it. No, it is very clear that there's been there there's been very clear rumors, clear rumors. Yeah, and then, and then uh, Captain Marvel came out, and the original ending of Dark Phoenix was too much like Captain Marvel, so they reshot it. All the train shit was a reshoot at the end of that movie uh, because it, it originally involved her like blowing up spaceships in space or something. This is things. This is things. I know these things. It's they say it's been revealed that the mo- that the uh, that the change came the date change came as a result of James Cameron pushing for Alita Battle Angel to be moved from a crowded December to that February slot in order to give it a better chance of success. Despite pleas from from Kinberg, producer Hutch Parker, and Fox's Emma Watts not to do it. Please Snyder, don't 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 give us an extra five months to fix yeah. our shit movie. Yeah, Stacy Snyder g- gave in to the filmmaker's demands. She's like, "Sure, Jimmy, whatever you want. Can we get more sandwiches? Fist me harder." Anyways, no, make so it sexual. Why was it important to them that this was uh, not, uh, that this not happen? Well, Dark Phoenix was not meant to be a summer movie. They did not. They never designed it to be an anti-apocalypse to have a less spectacle scale, big for an off season, too small for summer. So essentially, uh, all the, so what? That's, none of that's true. <laughs> none of that's true. I don't think it is. You don't know what you're talking about. You're out of control. I think this movie oh. was a... a, a so I, you gave your review. I'm going to give mine. Uh, I'm, I facilitated between half a boy and one boy. Uh, really? I, 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 I texted you during... So I saw this movie in a theater, and I was completely fucking alone. And it was... Even though it was a small theater, it was the biggest theater at, like, uh, uh, you know, the, the entire theater itself. Because theater both means the complex plus the individual movie theater you're in uh i saw this there's nobody had seen this fucking movie uh it, it's it's first week of release uh so that was weird and kind of creepy to begin with to the point where i was like am i even seeing a real movie uh and it's not it's it, i i I wanted to. I was texting you during it because I obviously I wasn't going to annoy anyone else with the, the glare of my phone, so I was just checking Twitter throughout it. Uh, I was bored as fuck I, the entire time. I I thought this is obviously it's it doesn't feel super cobbled together. It just feels like there's there's everybody is just there. Everybody is just fulfilling their contract, especially Jennifer Lawrence. They're not fulfilling their contracts, though. That's the whole thing. They all came, they were all off contract at this point. They all came back for this movie. Well, then they're all coming back for one less extra paycheck. That's that's what most people thought it was. Um, but it was it was designed to be a two parter, and then Fox was like, "Nah, figure how to do to do this in one. Just do this movie in one movie." And there's barely one movie's worth of stuff in this movie. Well, yeah, that's kind of funny to think. Yeah, it's not even a two-hour film, right? It's under two hours, what? and this is supposed to be a two-parter. What? All right, let's. So, yeah, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with. Uh... So wait, just to be clear, just okay. to be clear, your 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 review. I'm sorry, your rating yeah. is half a boy to one boy. I'm gonna give it one because I stayed and there was some cool shit from Fastbender. I was about to leave, walk out of the theater right before Fassbender showed up. And I literally like almost forgot that he was going to be showing up in this movie. So yeah, he what, comes late. Yeah. Yeah. Once he does show up, I was like, all right, I'll stay for Fassie from just because you're talking about Fassbender showing up. 
I have to say that's one of my favorite shots in the whole fucking movie when he's on that deck and then he just fucking magnaforces himself all the way to like he just levitates all the way to Gene. That's what maybe about twenty five yards or so. That's awesome, and I'm not entirely sure if that's CGI with a just a practical ending or if they practically did that from that deck all the way to that location, that spot. Yeah, it I, looked awesome. I, I loved it. This is I gave this movie the worst of any X Men movie, just to clarify, because I I even though it's it's technically better than X Men Origins Wolverine, it is. It is. It is not more entertaining. <laughs> I, it's better than Apocalypse for me. Like way better than Apocalypse. Really? I, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> With Apocalypse, I, I at least, like, the point, disappointment was gradual. With this one, it just, right about the 22-minute mark. The opening's kind of cool, and we'll get into that, but, like, the, the X-Men in space, like, I was like, this is better directed than I thought it would be. It, after that, every scene of dialogue was uh, very poorly written and hastily written, it felt like. But. It is hastily written, so, Felk... The movie was being rewritten on the fly during yeah, production. It feels like it. So Simon Kimberg was doing the Joss Whedon thing where he was writing scenes overnight. He would he would he would script ideas out with the cast and then go write the scene overnight and then come back the next morning and be like, boom, here's some new lines. So that was happening. And Ty Sheridan, uh, I think, uh, has, has, has said that, if I'm not mistaken, as well as um, – no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Ty Sheridan. It was uh, Jessica Chastain and Sophie Turner have both said that that's, that's they actually worked with uh, Simon Kinberg in that way. Mm. So, yeah, the, the script was absolutely hastily written. It is, it is hastily written, and um, sometimes it works really well, like Mission Impossible Fallout, where it's written on the fly. Uh, sometimes it works really well, like in Iron Man, where it's written on the fly. Um, a, a lot of Marvel films are written, written on, on the, the fly. fly. But but uh, this one, yeah, you, you can see, you know, there was there was cracks in it for sure. There were cracks in in the script because of that, and there were moments that felt, oh, let's just put the characters here because then we can just have characters in a scene together. And and, and specifically, one of those we can talk about in a bit, or we, uh, yeah, might as well talk about it a bit. But it's the bonfire party, the kids' bonfire party, just felt really out of place scene, and it was just so that they could have a bunch of characters in one spot. I, I was confused I mean, because they were also like near the beach with Jessica Chastain, and I'm like, "Are we nearby that?" Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the Jessica Chastain thing. Like, I felt like that was like, what? Did they ever locate that? Was that like the Carolinas? It seemed like cocoon, almost like Florida too. I don't fucking. I, I thought it was right down the street from the beach party that we cut to immediately afterwards, and then it's like maybe these are very different locations. Oh, who cares? Yeah, it's Dazzler. There. No. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah. Finally, Dazzler. Finally, Dazzler, right. yeah. Let's talk about I, the opening. That, we have to get on the, the, the train here. Get well, this um, so, yeah. So, first things first, you get the Fox logo. But do we get an X that holds a little longer and does dissolve, you know, not as quickly as the rest of the logo? Yes, we did. No, not this time. Yes, we did. Yes, it did. Oh, we did? We did. I, I specifically noted it, yes. The Fox, the X thing still happened. It went red. It it, 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 it it was it was as it as it uh, darkened down. It went it went red specifically for the phoenix. Oh, it did. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say. Here. Okay. Here's the truth. I turned away at that moment. <laughs> that was a weird. <laughs> I didn't even see. That was a weird waste of time. Uh, for this, this episode. <laughs> 
I didn't even know. I was gonna. There's another moment later. I have no idea about too, because I took a piss. I took a piss right after uh, Mystique died. I I don't know what happened actually. So I I left as the overhead shot of the funeral, and then I walked back in, and it's um Patrick Stewart. Oh no, it's not. Sorry, it's James McAvoy, <laughs> and 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 Nicholas Holt, and they're just like you know on a table oh, talking oh. about like I met Mystique right there in this kitchen. <laughs> she was. Whatever you know, all that shit. I was anyway. I was on Twitter a lot, so I did not pay attention to. to I mean, I Were paid you getting attention. any hits? What? Did you get any twitters? I got lots of twitters. Woo! All the fucking twitters in the world, man. Yes. All right. Well, guys, 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 guys. So Felk. This is one so, of me now. <laughs> so Felk. So Felk. I love that this movie began, and I immediately went, "Oh, did I stumble into the Shazam movie theater?" Because we're getting an opening car crash with a character again in the backseat it's, it's killing. It's beat for beat the opening <laughs> right. of Shazam, basically. Yeah, I, I know. I felt bad for Simon Kinberg. I'm like, oh, you totally wrote this. And then Shazam came out and you went, fuck. Because there's a whole point later on in the third act where he did the same thing because of Captain Marvel. Where he had to rewrite the whole third act because Captain Marvel apparently did the same thing that Phoenix did. And he's just like, fuck. <laughs> Fox like, you have to rewrite that. <laughs> so poor, poor Simon Kinberg. Uh, well, poor, poor everyone who's in Brie Larson's wake. She, poor she, she doesn't care who she destroys. She destroyed Simon Kinberg's life. Yeah. Anyways, so Dream, Jean Grey's origin happens in 1975. Of, I'm not mistaken, uh, Days of Future Past took place in 19... What, 72, 73? I think it was 73. So this is two years after. So this is when uh, 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 Professor X is now good and sobered up from his crack or whatever the fuck he was on. <laughs> what was he? Is Smack? He was on Smack. He was on Smack. He was on Smack. Yeah, so wait, okay. Just let him walk. X-Men First Class. X-Men First Class is 1962. X-Men Days of Future Past is 1973. X-Men Apocalypse is 1983. And X-Men Dark Phoenix is 1992 when we flash forward after that car accident. Wait, action, Apocalypse right? is 83? 83, yeah. So, yeah, so Jean Grey's... Wait, how old is Jean Grey supposed to be? Oh, I guess like she'd be like 18. <laughs> Who the fuck knows, dude? She's like 30-something in the year 2005. <laughs> like, like, when was she born? She's like she's like 10 in 75. Yeah. So she was born in like 65 or something. But somehow she's not 50 in 2005. So when, when X-Men re reboots in the MCU, they have to be smart enough to ditch... Uh, World War Two because you cannot have Magneto be that fucking old. Correct. Yeah. No, you can't. Nope. Um, also, I love about this prologue, by the way, we get with the car, is that it just completely is like, hey, you remember that uh, X-Men The Last Stand prologue? Yeah. Totally didn't happen like that. <laughs> like, wait, this is wait, it was so vastly different because that X-Men The Last Stand prologue took place in the 90s, right? But, like, it doesn't like it takes place the seven the nineteen seventy five sequence takes place in the nineties in the last stand, but in this movie it's taking place. It, it don't worry about it. <laughs> I can't help it. Sometimes I just can't help it. It's it's hard. It's hard. I'm just kind of wondering what 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 will Magneto's origin be if they have to update him. Yeah, what is it? Oh my God, is he? They is he could, part well, of some, like, I, I'm, they could use they could use something more recent because he's they, from Rwanda. They're, they're, no, <laughs> well, maybe if they want to make him black, they could do Rwanda. They could, yeah, they could do seriously. they could do Nikolai Ceausescu. They could do they could ha if they want to cast a person of color, they could do like the the Pinochet thing. Um, there, there's genocides to pull from. For sure, you don't need you don't. Oh yeah, you don't need the Nazis don't. for that. The whole great continent of Africa gives you genocide, you know. Yeah, but then you'd have to be black. I mean, maybe they want black Magneto. I don't know. I think Dude, it's a little fucking... too, a little too on the nose for a character who's clearly based off Malcolm X. 
Uh, Make it Idris Elba. Too old. He's too old for everything. No. So then, okay. So now, after 1975, we flash forward to 1992. It's where you know our present day will be for the rest of this film. Woo! And we get the Phoenix origin, as Felk mentioned earlier. We get X Men in space. Yeah. You know, we get the uh, giant Phoenix Force comes in and takes over Jean Grey and all that shit, right? And it. Fucks her I good. thought it was actually really well done, and I thought the music did a good job of conveying, like you know, the 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 the, the fast paced, you know. Uh, 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 aspect of the plot or not the plot, the story. It was moving quick, I, and I and I really was like, wow, I I I'm really digging this opening, and I really like all we got in that moment, and I liked how we got the setup then next to the aliens. Like I said earlier, it reminded me a lot of Cocoon. Um, had that kind all of right. feel with those just glowing dots coming in, and and, and and like you know, Cocoon. what did you recently watch Cocoon? No, but have you never seen Cocoon? I've seen it. I don't really remember it much. I think Cocoon is an old movie with old people in it. (laughs) It is. It's exactly what it is. Back when old people watched movies. I didn't mind the opening because I did did like – they did kind of firmly, like, make it clear. They they probably should have done it a little bit better for mass audiences, but they did kind of try to make it clear, like, this is the happy – timeline because because of the days of future past and the president's calling the x-men and we're, yeah. it's it's on the They're news heroes. the x-men is coming in like this is this is the this is a different timeline this is the happy timeline uh where the x-men can be considered heroes and that lasts for 15 minutes and then <laughs> they're they're being imprisoned by the government again but if i was just watching this movie and never knew about anything about x-men i would have just assumed based on the way that the the structure was happening that we were, I was waiting for the rug to be pulled out from underneath us, right? I mean, that that was designed into it. The rug being so. mutant freedom? Uh, no, just being like something having to happen, like, you know, in this movie to make happiness go away. And the team being schismed because of a death of a character, because a character went crazy yeah. with mental illness and whatnot, you know, dissociative identity disorder and all that type of shit. But anyways, <laughs> the aliens I really liked, but it was you fucking— You liked the aliens? I like the aliens, the Dabari. It's an actual Marvel alien, like, you know, species. But it's clear they were supposed to be the scrolls. Is it the scrolls in the comics? Is it the scrolls in the comics? No, it's it's the Shi'ar Empire in the comics. But I would they're, say they got clearly... the brood in there. I, even though the brood is just a ripoff of xenomorphs, I, I, I would like to have seen some weird shit. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you kind of get that with the Outriders in, like, Endgame and Infinity War. I mean, that kind of, like insanity level of creature just a beast you know unleashed but in this it, they obviously didn't want to go shiar empire I I, I I maybe that happened when they had to convert the film from a two-parter into a, a single film they were like okay we can't just do the shiar empire maybe they tried to push scrolls because they wanted to get it out before marvel because you know they did it earlier with quicksilver they got quicksilver out there first so they owned you know they essentially owned the 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 public's you know vote on quicksilver right away too so maybe they tried that with scrolls, didn't work out. Captain Marvel got them out there fast, and they were just like, "Fuck it." They got bought by Disney, and Disney's just like, "Do a quick change," because all that you could have done to make them scrolls was done could have been changed in simply subtitles. Mm. And so they say Dabari in subtitles. They say it in the alien language. They they say her name in the alien language of Vuk. Vuk is essentially is an actual character from the comics as well that actually deals with the Phoenix storyline. It's from a, a planet that gets like wiped out by the Phoenix Force, but. I mean, at the same time, she could have easily been, you know, the the scroll queen. She could have maybe have, have been, you know, a, a, a pseudo Shi'ar empress kind of thing, like all that type of stuff. But I liked what they did with them. I thought it was really interesting. I liked the way they did the the, the way they would kind of 
sim, I guess to use a word from Captain Marvel, they would sim the other characters. And I I didn't like though the weird fucking move they had where they would twist your 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 sternum and it just looked like all of a sudden they threw that iPhone filter just onto somebody. Like it was the quickest CGI thing. Like just spin it. Just spin it. Just rotate it. I didn't Did it feel so. weird? I didn't, really, I didn't even notice. Told you didn't notice the, the damage they were doing to the people? Uh, no. <laughs> Twitter was probably uh, a little too interesting at that part. Oh my god, so much Twitters were going on? Yeah. I stopped caring about this movie about 30 minutes in when I started realizing that there was no fucking point to this movie existing. Because... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching a dead. Podcast. I'm watching a dead franchise. It's like after yeah. a, a series is canceled after like, like yes. seven episodes, but you you exactly really like love that. the first five, and two episodes still have to air, and you're like, oh, we'll see what happens on this week's Terriers. Doesn't matter. There's not a second season coming. Yeah, I know you're totally right. That's exactly how this movie felt. That's exactly how this movie felt. It was when you're watching, you're like, wow, I wonder if they're going to do a good job of summing this up because the show got canceled before they were done, like, writing the season. It's like people who, Can't fucking, wait to see this works. who fucking named their miscarriages. Like, oh, that was Timmy. Timmy, we lost Ew. Timmy. Well, we <laughs> lost Dark Phoenix, but we still had to release it in theaters and pretend it was a movie. Yeah, I liked it. I did like it. I actually was impressed with a lot of aspects of it, and I'm really impressed with the third act. It's like, uh, for me, it's like World War Z, where it's just like one of those things you're like, wow, you spent a lot of money on this third act reshoot because it is seamless. It is very seamlessly put into the movie. Yeah, well, well, okay. I, I wouldn't have known that it, it was there was reshoots. I just, I, I would have known that I, I, like nothing in this movie like seems like important or or good or new. No, it doesn't. It did not seem new. It seemed like writing, writing like past mistakes. A lot of it, a lot of it did seem like that. But I did enjoy the film just as a movie, just like as and and here's the thing. A lot of people called it like off the rails, and I wouldn't say it was off the rails, but I would say that if you were expecting to get, you know, a all of a sudden out of nowhere, an incredibly good X Men film that you know made sense and made continuity all of a sudden like well, tie we itself just got in Logan. and well exactly so like the, my i'm just my point is like if you just x-men movies have never been like like marvel comic book films they've always been this weird version of it even to like the costume design leather right like and then on top of that that's reused in so many x-men films but then the last stand even has a costume design given to like all the brotherhood of the mutants right all those mutants have like this weird like gross like dirty clothing black grayish beigeish clothing and that's transferred into dark phoenix too like yeah, they like down on on the the agenda here and I, I did not know what you were talking about um i didn't notice that the costumes were similar to the last stand yeah oh no for sure like they definitely they definitely had similar like costume design and even even um jean gray wore almost an exactly the same outfit and in the, in the third act of dark phoenix that she does in the last day well, they like putting her with that like brown red leather <laughs> Exactly. Well, they're trying to create this weird, like, you know, Phoenix look rather than, like, doing the green and yellow costume the Phoenix wears. But they – so they're, 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 the idea that ever assuming these X-Men films were ever going to be the MCU or ever going to be the DC, they never were going to be. So for me, I went into this film expecting X-Men Origins Wolverine, and I got nothing near that for me. Like, honestly, for me, that was, this movie was above that, beyond that for sure. 
Yeah, her costumes. I th- I was thinking I had to look it up because I couldn't remember who was just like a fucking thong like everyone else wears like Psylocke, and that's why they couldn't do it. But it's it's not like super revealing. You could at least made her costume green. I guess it, sometimes it's red. It's right when she's the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. No. Um. So, anyways, we're going back to kind of like the movie and where we are with the movie. So, the bonfire. We kind of talked about this already. This is where we find out her nickname. By all the kids at school is Phoenix. So it's once again, all right. So you just, you can't call the fucking cosmic force Phoenix. Like, it's just, she has to get some stupid thing. Like, isn't it in X-Men The Last Stand? That's what uh, Professor X called, like, her her split personality was the Phoenix. I, I, like I, yeah, I think, I, I think that is correct. It's just stupid. And that's, that's, that's the parts where you can see that this is him taking... Uh, uh, the the Phoenix story that Kinberg wanted to write and and trying to right the wrongs of Last Stand and there's a lot of those moments in this movie a lot of beats that match up to that especially you know the beats after this the, the bonfire sequence with um, Jean running back to her childhood home and then end up killing like a big member of the team but the bonfire there's one interesting part of it that I like it's when Mystique and Beast are hanging out watching the the security footage and uh, Mystique says the last of the first class. And I actually liked that line because if that felt like okay, we're kind of trying to tie in a little bit more of the series back into it, and and I guess. anytime they did that, like it it gave weight to the characters, their characters especially had so much more weight. The moment after this, when when Mystique is killed and Beast is upset, like it, you feel for Beast more, you understand it more, and it's great that they bring it back because it is a relationship that has been developed from first class all the way through Days of Future Past through Apocalypse, and then into uh, Dark Phoenix. So that that is awesome. And a lot of people would even say that because of the death of Mystique, um, uh, or no, not, the, uh, you, not thinking of the death of Mystique, but looking at Magneto and going, why is Magneto even in this movie? And going, well, if you had someone who was clearly loved throughout the canon by characters, two characters, you would expect those two characters to be involved if the purpose of the film's narrative was to have that main character die, Mystique dying. So Mystique died because I, Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to wear the blue shit for the, the whole movie. I she know, that's the other thing. Once she gets in the mansion, she immediately goes straight into blonde j The whole point of, of Mystique was that she it's, didn't fucking transform. She just was naked and blue because she didn't give a shit because that's what her natural form. But unfortunately, they cast an actress who became who won two Oscars and probably fucked yep. Aaron Aronofsky for some reason. And uh, Mother. She, she, she just didn't really like getting painted blue and they don't really have the budget to convincingly blew her up, uh, and post, I guess. So they just, you know, any, any excuse they can have to just Jennifer Lawrence or, well, this movie was great. Cause they yeah, were able Jennifer to have the only, they only blew it up from like her neck up and then just the hand. Yeah, it was like, that's it. Rebecca Romaine was fucking naked wearing a thong and pasties and other eyes uh, blue paint. And I think Jennifer Lawrence only did that for that one shot in first class where she's naked in like that kitchen. And that's what the movie has a PG 13 rating. It says for nudity. And I'm sure pretty sure that, that it's just gotta be her ass and tits were just a little I too think- jiggly. I think they they figured out a way to do it faster in Days of Future Past where they were essentially it was a body gluing suit. on large. It was a body suit. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was a body suit. I think it was large sections were glued on, and and they they were able to do like larger sections at a time. But I think for the most part, she was still technically nude for parts of Days of Future Past. Not all scenes, 
but some scenes, and I think it was by uh, Apocalypse, they had completely gotten rid of all of that. It was all bodysuit in Apocalypse. Okay. Because it's obvious in Apocalypse when she's finally in a bodysuit. The problem is that Mystique um, doesn't have a power that really works for superhero shit. She's an espionage character meant for very specific tasks. Yeah. And in a big battle, her power is pretty much useless. The only time we ever see her do anything power-related in a, a battle scenario is when she conf- briefly confuses somebody in Days of Future Past by, like, turning into Kevin Bacon. And that's the only time... The other time she's just barking orders, because, like, well, she can't do anything, because her power is... Uh, she doesn't even use her power to any advantage in this entire movie. She's about as useless as Mantis, except she has a little bit better fighting skills. That's about it. Mantis can at least be used in a tactical situation to neutralize an enemy, though. <coughs> well, yeah, and so can Mystique, if she's all super, you know, turns into the thing you want. Yeah. Not if you Think know that they're shapeshifters. One's yeah, actual it, it, mind control. One's just like light no, deception. No, you're telling me if Mystique showed up, Mystique, right? Rebecca Romain, Mystique, or J-Law, Mystique, your pick. So you're already super hot. But then she's all like, she's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to turn into Angela White for you. But, you know, would you would you not be interested? No, because I know it, in the middle of a, of a life or death battle. Yes, in the middle of a life or death battle. Let's move on. <laughs> Falk, this is an important question. I need to Too many to. suburbs fights in the X-Men franchise. How many? What are you talking X, about? X2 has the fight outside of fucking Iceman's oh, yes. house. Yes. Last Stand has the fight outside of Jean Grey's childhood home that she goes back to. And then Professor yeah. X and Magneto show up just like in this yep. goddamn movie. And then, right, and then but this, other than Professor X dying, it's Mystique, right? Yeah, so. And then, oh, I love how Quicksilver gets wiped out, by the way. Did you like that at all? Because it's like one of those moments where you're kind of like, oh, the man oh of steel here we moments? go. What? The Man of Steel moment where she's just as fast as Quicksilver. Kind of, yeah. Like from Justice League with the, the Flash yeah, uh, and League. Man That's of Steel. That's what I meant. But like I, I totally I loved Justice it because it's like – I know you know about Justice League. I got gotcha. you. But I really, I really loved it because it's like one of those moments you're watching it and you're like, okay, we're going to get that scene again where Quicksilver's badass. We've seen two movies of Quicksilver being incredibly badass in slow-mo. And this time – Jean Grey just essentially moves a couple pieces of wood, and he wipes out. But we get to see how tragic of a wipeout it can be when he's moving that quick. He fucks himself up so hardcore. It was really awesome. I, I like that. It's a reality. He's not in the and final fa- battle, is he? He's not on the train. He isn't. He's so fucked up from that wipeout. I mean, it shows the physics, the reality of the physics of moving quick. And when you, what happens when you miss your fucking step? While Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of grabs onto me and ear and then like let's go and just kind of gets a little bit hurt you know and then uh, you know yeah. captain america's like stay down aaron, aaron taylor J- johnson quicksilver doesn't even have to wear goggles to protect his eyes he does not i don't know why he's too fast he can dodge the molecules so after mystique is killed and beast is super fucking sad and everyone feels like shit because that's not what they wanted to have happen we go to essentially a funeral, but then we then we go to Genosha. Genosha, Genosha. Genosha. They never say that in the movie, though, do they? They never say it. It's a they, floating fucking island in, in the comics and cartoons, right? Uh, I th- I thought it was no, no, no. I, I it's an I it's an island for sure, but I don't think it was a floating I think island. It floats. It? I, think I thought it fucking floats. It floats. It floats. Doesn't it float? Like you mean floats in the air or floats on the water? What in do the you air. mean? Are you thinking of, uh, of Asteroid Lynch? M? Maybe I am. 
Magneto has an asteroid that that you could assume is like you know floating, I guess, but it's just an orbit. Uh, it is just a fucking island. Yeah, it's just an island. But yeah, they never mentioned it by name, which is weird. And then they never establish it at all. All of a sudden, you're just like they never establish like, if it's an island. They just establish all of a sudden that you're in some like podunk fucking like town made out of like old ships and stuff like that, and cargo crates and things. It's just the it's weird. But I I liked a little bit of it. For the idea of, like, once I said earlier again, Magneto. I liked Magneto's role in this film. I liked the way Fassbender carried himself in this movie. I love, I think I have to say I love Fassbender more in the role of Magneto than I do McKellen. And I really liked Ian McKellen. No, yeah, Fassbender's much better. Who do you who think's better, though, McAvoy or, or Stewart? Stewart? I say Stewart. Stewart's much better. Yes, Stewart's way better. By the way, both of them in Days of Future Past playing off each other was a brilliant scene. Uh, I love that. I love I, that. I thought scene. it was fine. I thought it, it, it didn't distract. It was nice to see him together. But other than that, uh, nothing special. I never fully accepted McAvoy as as a Professor X. He always seemed too young and too flippant. He seemed too young, and that was very obvious to me, especially when he started having to shave his head for the role. Yeah, when seeing him as 90s uh, Professor X, he doesn't look like he's old enough yet. And obviously that's a problem because none of the actors have aged and fucking beast. Oh uh, yeah, beast looks over great. the course of everyone over the course of 40 years looks immaculate. Yeah. Uh, they haven't aged at all. What's beast name? Um, uh, Holt, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, yeah. yeah the, like Hank also McCoy. giving him the whole thing where he can change back and forth and look he's normal. He's just the Hulk. He's just the Hulk. But that's that's he's that completely like fucks up the point of beast because the point of beast is that he gets persecuted because he looks so goddamn weird so when he can look normal whenever he wants that's that's dumb and also that's just because nicholas holt's pretty and he hasn't he didn't age for 40 years i think you're right i think it is because yes he's a he's a beautiful actor but i think it's also because they want to do the hulk and they couldn't so they just did their version of the hulk which is he can just turn on the beast and turn off the beast it doesn't make any sense to the character. But once again, this is not this is really the furthest thing from the Marvel X-Men. So that's why when X-Men is rebooted in the MCU, it's going to be vastly different. It'll have a totally different feel cuz it'll be super comic booky and following those those worlds. Well, not following the comic book world again though in our film Dark Phoenix. Um, when we have Magneto, we have Quicksilver now, of course, conveniently as Felk mentioned, uh, out of the plot yeah. And so, because he's out of the plot, we don't have to worry about his character at all during the third act. But also, now we don't have to worry about any callbacks to X-Men Apocalypse, in which Quicksilver knows Magneto's his daddy, and he doesn't go and tell him. Because, you know, he's like, Mystique's, like, going to say something. He's like, don't say anything, Mystique. It's not my time yet. Well, they, they, they can't do him. any House of M shit, right? Because that, that's, that's no, all. No, not anymore. No. So, like, yeah, they just dropped it. They just dropped it. They completely dropped it. So Jean Grey goes to talk to Magneto, right? We get the sequence that's almost comical, almost like a Benny Hill scene in which <laughs> when Jean Grey's there and Magneto is, like, talking to the U.S. Army that comes in after Jean Grey, looking for Jean Grey, yeah. she shows up and starts fucking with the helicopters. And so Magneto starts pr trying to protect the helicopters. And, and, and people have been complaining, like, oh, my God, the actors look so silly when they're holding their hands there, standing there using their force powers. And I did not mind that at all. But for me, what was ridiculously Benny Hill comical to me was when fucking Magneto's, like, yelling. I don't even know what the fuck he's yelling. But he's yelling something like, I can't hold it much longer. Yeah. And then the soldier's like, oh. And all the soldiers start, like, scrambling to get in the helicopter. They get on the helicopter that's being. Yeah, what 
what guy's like dangling off and I'm thinking to myself why would you get on this helicopter yeah. that's under attack by two mutants I'd run the fuck away I'd run the fuck away exactly but instead they all like scramble the helicopter pile on like some kind of three stooges act and then Magneto throws it out of Jean Grey's grasp? It didn't really make sense. It's stupid. It was a stupid scene. Dude, I'm looking at fucking comic depictions of goddamn Genosha, and it's like, X-Men Dark Phoenix might depict Genosha. Like, it doesn't look... <laughs> they didn't even come close to try and get a no. comic book accurate. It's just a fucking... It's one field with like, a couple of plants. Yeah, they, no, they, 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 they rented out the back of a park for about a day and shot all the scenes they needed to. Yeah, it's not it's not very well uh, adapted. I will have to agree. It's it, but it's not supposed to be. I mean, this is not an ad adapted series at all from the comics. It's only adapted in name. Oh, Bri Bri which wouldn't, is, wouldn't allow that. He, yeah, he did not allow comics on set, as we mentioned many times before in the past. So, <laughs> if you if you the, saw you with a comic book, he'd fuck your <laughs> mouth. Yeah, 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 and force you into a pool party and put your head under water until you suck this dick. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, so. Once, you know, Jean Grey bounces on Genosha and Magneto, and he's like, whose blood is that? Which is just kind of ridiculous. I love that he kept asking because <laughs> you could tell he was getting more panicky. Like, oh, come on. what? Who, who'd you kill? Is this Charles? Did you kill Charles? I cannot watch I the goddamn movies without re just thinking of the fact that Sean Ashmore with his fucking twin was uh, staying at Brian Singer's house for <laughs> six months before they shot those movies. And, ah. Uh, can't, you can't watch those films the same way anymore. It does make it really sad when X-Men does the little ice rose and he gives it to uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rogue. It's like he's pleading. He's pleading for any kind of connection at that point from anyone. Anything put, put that ice roll me, on I your butthole because it's probably sore. Life has been really hard for me. Anyways, so... Uh, the, of course, Magneto eventually finds out who the blood is. It's 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 Raven's blood, and Beast is the one who tells him. And I liked how they were able to bond. That that was seemed to be like nice, you know. Once again, a nice callback to the writing that they weren't necessarily the best of 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 buds or comrades at any point. They've always seemed to be at each other's odds because of their love for uh, Raven, for Raven Darkhome, yeah, for Mystique. I guess. So um, I like that they kind not of set joined up in up. the first three. Well, there's no Beast in the first three X movies. No, there isn't. I, you never oh, really, no, no. You never really He's in the... X2. He's in X2, but only on the TV screen as Hank McCoy, which also, by the way, is continuity now because he bounces in and out of blue and normal human, even in X2 and Last Stand. Yeah, they never did the X-Men first. Because like in the first season of the cartoon, Beast is just in jail because he's Nelson Mandela. Uh, yeah, he's like two episodes. The first, first or second episode, he gets arrested. No, he's in jail yeah. for a long time, like a lot of episodes. I'm pretty sure the entire first season, you're correct. It's like maybe the end of the first season, they finally break him out. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't get broken out until the second season, they, they actually. Never, I don't they, even know. they never do that arc. No. They, I mean, it's a boring arc, honestly, to give Beast. No. Just hanging upside down in a prison reading books, you know, <laughs> saying, like, trust me, just we'll, we'll make it work. If you, pr if you prick me, do you I not bleed? <laughs> so, I, um, I really like the sequences we got next in New York City. Okay. I liked I liked a lot of that. I liked the Phoenix Exposition. I thought that was really cool, and I thought Hans Zimmer's score was soaring, and taking me to, to all these I didn't you know, notice celestial the score bodies. At all. That's really weird that it's it's Hans. I didn't even think about the score. Dude, it's a good score. If you go back and just try to find the score, like on Spotify or something like that, or whatever, just hmm. try try to try. It's really good. It's a really good score. I don't really got it. Um, 
This whole movie felt what? Che- I wonder how they got him. This whole movie felt cheap. Yeah, I you know, they spent money on this movie. They spent a lot of money on this movie. This might I think this is the ex- most expensive X-Men film to date budget-wise. Uh, I didn't look it. Well, I mean, cuz a lot of that's cuz they spent a lot of money on a on a third act, on a new third act. Um so the but leading up to that new third act, the New York City scenes I loved it when the Brotherhood of Mutants shows up and fights the X-Men. I love that they, they did not do it in their costumes. I, I know some people are upset because they're like, oh, my God, they should have done it in the costumes. But I, I don't need that. I like it when things are more realistic at times. And I don't need characters to be in costumes who would not necessarily be in costumes. And I always felt like the X-Men films were that type of film. And I've always liked that they were that halfway point between DC of being way too gritty and Marvel, which is almost way too campy and fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously Marvel isn't always campy and fun. I mean, Endgame was very campy, but you say, I would say Infinity War was not very campy at all. You say Brotherhood of Mutants, but I mean, I I sure as fuck didn't recognize any of those characters. No, I didn't either. The, the, I don't know who those two God, characters well, were, especially the uh, Dreadlocks as Tentacles guy. That that is a dumb fucking power. And if that's in the comics, that that is a really D E C list. D worse than E list character, dude. That's really low. I mean, he's got to be incredibly low. And then on top of that, they, uh, uh, like hair as again, a weapon is also in the, the what's the fucking show that no one no one goddamn watched was MCU. Uh, the one where, like they're they're on the moon <laughs> in black. Oh bolts. yeah, yeah, yeah. In humans, in humans, yeah. Doesn't the, yeah. there a chick who has like red hair and she can also control yeah. her? Don't do that. Don't have hair be a power. Yeah, I don't know who those characters were, and and the other one was a woman who had some ability to do like figure out if you're a mutant, like where you were, and like had some mind control, which was kind of similar to a character they had, Callisto, yeah, in the uh, uh, the Last Stand, who could find mutants, you know, because she could she could rate you, and that was always great. I love that. Oh yeah, you're a five mutant. <laughs> oh yeah, another class two four. Mutant. Magneto and uh... Pyro are both class four because class five is a uh, theoretical type of mutant that has almost uh, infinite powers, which apparently Jean Grey is one of, and I guess Iceman is too because he can he can cause the heat the heat death of the entire universe if he focuses hard enough. So we can move on. You know the uh, the 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 fight starts to pare itself down right as people start getting knocked out, and we get you know Magneto versus Phoenix kind of, and I actually liked how Basically, like you know, Magneto's head was crushed doing this. In front of each other, I'm doing jazz hands. I liked it. It wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. And and it was and then and then it's not as bad as the next fight, which is after Magneto's quickly beaten and you know and dismissed by the Phoenix, which it looks like she almost killed him, but I guess she didn't kill him. Then Charles is is Question mark. taking up the stairs. There's a lot of her right? like doing this, like stopping people, and then like doing like a quick swipe to the left and then they slam into a wall and they're briefly incapacitated. Like she should be disintegrating people, killing them. But she, she keeps kind of like push you're pushed. You got pushed into a wall. You got pushed into a wall and you're not able to, to do anything for like, wait, disintegrating people. You're talking about the finale. No, I'm talking about like just the character is omnipotent. If she wants to kill Magneto, fucking kill Magneto. But says so she just keeps pushing them places. So I thought she did kill him or thought that she maybe she did kill him because it seemed like she threw, like, some kind of, like, shrapnel into his chest when she shoved him out the window or shoved him out the wall or whatever it was. But I found it fucking hilarious when she had Charles walk up the stairs. And all I could see yeah, was, that was just dumb. James McAvoy doing, like, just doing, like, you know, 
fucking some you know some uh, what do you what do you call it? some slapstick comedy Dude, some body McAvoy humor. McAvoy has like, to do Ur-ur-ur. some weird fucking acting in his career. And by the way, speaking while we're talking about McAvoy acting weird, uh, have you seen you've seen Split right? You've seen yeah. You've seen the other the, the glass and so, I've not seen glass. Okay, no. well you've seen Split. You've seen enough. When he does the um, the female character like the female personality that's in his brain. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh hello, I'm here to talk to you. I can understand that's very upsetting. I'm not here to hurt you at all. That sounds just like his performance as Professor X. Really? I don't know. It's a little bit more feminine, I would say. Just a little bit. Yeah, okay, fine, just a little not bit. Enough fit, not enough. Not, it's not that different of performance, and that's odd. So after, you know, uh, uh, the Phoenix, you know, is almost taken over by Vuck, Jessica Chastain's yeah, character. Uh, keep saying Vuck. And, and uh, or Vuk, I don't know how you pronounce her alien name. And then she. Uh, no, I'm just you know, saying that uh, Vuck doesn't sound like a terrible name for a character, for a fictional alien character. Well, it, Call her Vuck. Fuck it. It wasn't a character. That's what my wife said. There wasn't my. There wasn't a big character in the comics. I mean, it's like a super small character in the comics. So I mean, no one ever expected to like name this character in the comics. Whoever, whatever writer wrote that character wasn't like this will be a big character in a film someday. This will be the antagonist of the whole movie. Like they never expected that. So huh. Jessica Chastain's yeah, it's, forty-two. She's beautiful. She looks, she looks great. She's looking good. She looks amazing. Yeah, she's she's really beautiful and amazing. So, anyways, so after she hilariously, you know, uh, moves Charles Xavier up the stairs and great almost movie. kills him, and then doesn't kill him, and and then essentially he convinces Jean to like not let the Phoenix Force be completely taken from her by Vuck by showing her that you know the reality is, is that you killed your mom, <laughs> and that I always loved you and your dad always hated you. Ever since he killed his his wife, like that I know, was yeah. like whatever. Speaking of Shazam again, like we're getting a lot of fucking deadbeat parents. We are, that, yeah, we are, yeah. yeah. We didn't get that in the last stand. No, they, the the house is empty, right? No one was there. Yeah, it was no one's there. So maybe Simon Kimberg stole all of this from Shazam. He saw Shazam was like, these are great scenes. I'll, I'll quickly reshoot these, <laughs> put them in the movie, and the people think, oh no. He had those all along. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Shazam was a good movie. Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. Great movie. No. Yeah. You said five out of five boys. They did. Yeah, I would say that's not a good movie. That's a great movie. A great movie's fine. I'll give it a great movie. I'd rather be talking about a great movie right now than Last Stand, which a movie that I well, – or not Last Stand, Dark Phoenix – <laughs> well, wrapping this up, so all the uh, mutants get, you know, essentially arrested in the process of trying to get away from the cops in New York City as they all show up on everybody. And the only one that does get away is Vuck with some of the Phoenix power. Every time you call it New York City, I think back to the scenes. It's like, that is the most backlotty New York City I think we've ever seen New York City look like. That was that was the New York City less convincingly depicted than in, like, CSI New York City or whatever. Like, where it's we just have the three backlots at Universal that can be... New York City or uh, don't San forget Francisco. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has a great backlot for well, New they, York they, City. Well, I've never seen Fox's backlot, but I've seen Universal's, and it, their New York City looks just like that. It looks like it was a backlot. It did. It looked very bad. Uh, back, the backlot trick to me is curbs. You look at the curb. If the curb looks like a backlot curb, and a backlot curb is very shallow. I just look for depth. Like when you can only see like thirty feet down the street. Right. Well, sometimes they see sometimes they CGI that now though, right? Uh, sometimes they didn't this time. It 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 was, it was a practical set, and it was not really in New York. 
It was very New York City. Well, they get arrested, they get on a train, and we get a flawless transition to a third act that was not the original third act. The original third act was much more influenced from Captain America Civil War. Apparently, Simon Kinberg saw that film, said, you had this huge airport fight at the end of the second act, and then at the final third act, you have just Bucky, Cap, and Iron Man all fighting each other. And it's very, 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 you know, uh, um, personal in that way. That's what he wanted for the end of Dark Phoenix. He wanted Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Professor X all to be at the UN fighting scrolls. Essentially what's going to happen is Professor X and Cyclops are going to go to the UN and try to get into the UN, and we're going to have trouble getting the UN. And all of a sudden it turned out like, you know, all the UN guards were scrolls, at which point Jean Grey would have shown up to help fight them. They would have all stood there, fought the scrolls off to the point where Jean Grey, like, you know, takes Vuck or whatever again up Vuck. into space and, and blows her away. But it was scrolls. It would have been like, you know, the scroll queen. It would not have been, obviously, some Dabari character. You're really, so, you're really mad about the not having scrolls in this movie. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not mad at all about that. Do I sound mad about that? Well, no, oh, you, I don't. You, you, you keep talking about the scrolls. Well, because they weren't. Because I mean, it was it, it, they were originally scrolls. I mean, it's very clear they were originally scrolls. They were not supposed to be anything other than scrolls, and they had to change it last minute. So that being the case, um, I don't like the sound of that third act at all. No, I, and, I mean, I, I don't think it was a matter of like they had it perfect, but then oh, that Captain Marvel came around and they had right. the, 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 the it, it, it's bitch. It, it was more than just the movie, like. It felt like everything was going through the motions. Maybe I'm sure Simon Kinberg, Kim, Simon Kinberg, was just giving Kinberg. it his all. He was doing everything he could to say to make a cool X Men movie. This movie's gonna be so good. They're gonna actually Disney's just gonna let us keep making movies so with many Sophie more. Turner and Ty Sheridan because people want more Ty Sheridan and Cyclops, um, but. No one else involved was diluted, and clearly everyone, I mean, even Sophie Turner seemed like she just didn't give a shit. Like, nobody really seemed like they cared in this movie. Actor-wise, it was just, it felt like going through the motions, and it, it felt like, you know, giving a, you know, a birthday party for a stillborn baby or whatever, so... Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Happy first birthday! It's like, it's it's rotting, it's barely, it's, uh, it smells it's horrible. Is it in formaldehyde? Um, so I don't think of it that way. I actually thought the actors did a fairly good job. I thought Jennifer Law, Law, Jennifer Law, uh, her new name is Jennifer Law. I thought J Law. I am the law. <laughs> I thought J Law was. <laughs> that was a Judge Dredd reference. Good. I thought J Law was good, honestly. She's in the movie and... for 15 minutes. <laughs> I know, but I thought she was good for those 15 minutes. By the way, Whatever. the women are always saving the men around here. Oh, it's, oh my God! So okay, so yeah, we can get to that. You know, let's get to that now. So the beginning of the movie. There's no return. There's no return of the comic book accurate costumes from the end of X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, fuck that. And going and going into this movie, the, the the new costumes are all uniform, like literally uniform across the board. So um, J Law though gets a camel toe for hers, and that whole scene where she's just like. Yay, with all these women in this group saving all these boys, we should name this team the X-Girls, right? Or the X-Women, whatever the fuck. And, like, the whole time I'm watching her, I'm just like, oh, my God, there's a hardcore camel toe. Like, and it's not a fl it's not a flattering camel toe. I didn't this notice a really... camel toe at all, but now There I'm... was a camel toe. There was a total camel toe. It, it was the weirdest no, I'm, thing. I'm, I'm just like, why does her cool character have camel toe? Let's go ahead and use Chrome for this. Jennifer Law Rents. 
let's just say let's just let's just go camel toe. I'm sure we'll get we'll get plenty. You'll get plenty. Let's see. Mostly her going to yoga. <laughs> now let's go ahead and oh, she kind of had passengers as kind of camel toe. Actually, I didn't notice that. Wow. The uh, swim outfit. But let's uh, let's just add dark phoenix. Not getting any camel toe images from Dark Phoenix here. Shit. Yeah. Well, you were saying earlier. Take your word for that. Um, okay, we'll move it on. You were saying earlier that, like, you know, uh, Simon Kimberg was probably giving a lot of these endings. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, all remember, right. Remember that? remember that? I love that's my that's my that's my yeah. favorite shot. That's my favorite shot out of all the films. Yeah. So you were saying earlier that um, Simon Kimberg was probably directing a lot of these sequences, and giving it his all. Apparently, the train sequence of the third act, he didn't direct any of that. Who did? Brian uh, Singer. I do not know. Huh. Apparently, I mean, hang on, let me see. Mystery. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Let me see. 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 Fuck the concept art for her fucking dress for uh, for uh, American Hustle. They were really hold on, adjust, adjust. There we go. Look at that fucking concept art. Wow. They they, they, they know what her fucking ass is. Because they drew that's her face, clearly. So like they, they were drawing ass. I'm sure whoever was doing the concept art for Mystique was just like Well, she's not Rebecca Romaine Stamos, you know. She has bigger mm -hmm. tits than Rebecca Romaine Stamos is the catch. That's why they can't she, you have her blue as much. They, is she really? Oh yeah, they they're definitely bigger. They flop around way more than Stamos's. Rebecca Romaine Stamos's. Wow, I did not know that. Oh, Stamos is smaller. What are you looking for? Um. So yeah. So I was gonna say yeah. So that what one scene you were saying earlier that uh, uh Kimberg you know probably was directing it his all, giving it his all, and uh that train sequence was not shot by him at all. That train sequence was actually shot by uh it's it's in the movie's credits actually. It's, it was done by the stunt coordinator Brian Smurz or whatever the fuck his name Smurz. is. Smurz. It's from Iron Man 3. He actually shot all that sequence. It's actually – he's credited as the uh, train sequence um, director. Hmm. So, yeah, and that's, that was actually a fairly well-done scene, I thought. Um, it did have one of those moments where it was just like everyone was, like, going to stand off against the aliens, and they're all like, like we're not going to take it because we're mutants. And, you're, and it's supposed to be the Avenger shot, right? It's supposed to be that awesome shot. It's like, look at all of them right there. But it's loaded with, like, these Brotherhood mutants that we don't know. And we're like, oh, wait, who are these backup guys? And eh, it, it just fell flat. Like, it was just one of those moments that fell flat. But I actually did like the whole oh, train Dreadlocks guy got really... defeated by the alien species I he... don't know the name of. And remember how he got defeated? He just got pushed out the back. Dude, I... <laughs> that was it. He just fell to his death off the back of the train. It was just well, it was in. scrolling up I on I thought Twitter. it looked really good, though. And I was really blown away. If this was reshoots, it was all clearly it had been green screens and studio and all done in a computer. And for being done in the computer, it looked really good. Well, they can build is, a they can build a train set. Exactly. Well, that's so that's what's impressive to me is how quick now they can turn around some models because of how wide the library is, the model library is for a lot of these production companies. They can just be like, boom, all right, train sequence, all right, Hueys, boom, we got them. Tunnels, boom, trees, got them, boom, done. Forest taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, because they, they threw together a really like you know, impressive, like third act. I actually was, I actually liked it a lot. Not the the horrible team shot aside, of course. I was uh, just, just counting down the minutes. 
Really? Were you? Really? Yeah, oh, I, I was. Did. I was bored as fuck. I, I I didn't care. I like. What is the point of any of this? There has to be a, a reason why you're watching a movie. Well, I'm watching this movie because it's the last time I will see a Fox Men, you know, film. That's why. Yeah. That's literally the reason why. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing they did after the train sequence when the train wipes out, you know, and uh, Dark Phoenix finally comes to and has to fight off Vuck with some of the Dark Phoenix power. And and so uh, the Dark Phoenix starts wiping out a bunch of the uh, Dabari aliens with the exact same fucking skill set she used in The Last Stand. She starts just dissolving, disintegrating people, right? Breaking them down at a molecular level. Yeah, they didn't really justify this being a retelling. Because Last Stand's a better movie by every fucking measure that I can give it. and uh, I think Last Stand is a better movie, yes. And, and it's it's a, a more emotional retelling of the uh, Dark Phoenix story just because, like, the end, I remember, like, it's memorable, like, uh, Wolverine, have, like, disintegrating as he stabs her. And, 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 like, they carried that over into the Wolverine because that was a memorable, not poorly done emotional scene, whereas... Nothing emotional ever struck me. I didn't give a shit about any of like the, the emotions of the, of this film. I don't care about Ty Sheridan and Sophie Turner. I don't think they yeah, even see, like each other. That's why everyone. Okay, this is one bit of like major critique to the film that's just inherent because it's nothing you can do about this. This, this takes place from a perspective of 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 setting release dates and 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 budgeting films out. This should have been a two parter. Yeah. I don't know if Simon Kinberg was ever the right choice for that, but. This should have been a two-parter. You can't do the Dark Phoenix story if you don't do Phoenix first. I don't understand why they keep avoiding the Phoenix saga. Do Phoenix saga first, then do Dark Phoenix saga. I don't think this the Phoenix, Phoenix saga is, is awesome. I don't, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say even more. So I don't think the Phoenix story is so fucking important that they needed to do it again. As, they probably okay. As, well. as the, if this is their last movie, if they didn't know that, even, if this is just like their next movie. It's like. Why are we going back to Dark Phoenix? We did that, and it didn't it didn't pan out too great, and it's not, like, regarded as that fucking amazing of story. So, wait, okay, so let me ask you this then. How many years before Marvel begins to at least hint at the Phoenix Force again in their MCU X-Men universe? Like, the actual MCU. I am going to say never. They never do that storyline. You say they completely drop it, abandon it, don't touch it ever again. Just It's been done to death. Generally speaking, when something's been done twice, they say, fuck it. Uncle Ben, done twice, fuck it. We're not. We're skipping that. We're skipping Phoenix. We're just not redoing it. Okay, so then, same thing then. Magneto, is he just not going to be mentioned in the X-Men for a long period of time? Or is he never mentioned? Because he's a villain that's been done way too to death in the Fox menu. They will do Magneto just like they're, but they'll, they'll do a spin on it and maybe they'll black them up. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll do African shit and, and, and do a different interpretation. Hey, MJ's back, but she's not named Mary Jane and she's black. You know, that may, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll do a different Magneto. Cause they, okay, but do we get Magneto right away? Or if they do them still... different enough, they'll, they'll, they'll bring them in with the, cause Magneto is like the third most important X-Men character basically. So I th- I feel like they'll bring him in pretty quickly. They won't do Mr. Sinister or something. It's X-Men's going to come in with Fantastic Four, and, and they're going to get into more of like the weird shit. I really wonder at, at what their game plan is for X-Men. Um, I would love to be a fly on the wall in, in Kevin Feige's office just to be able to hear any ideas of what they're doing with that. Because it's, 
it's just so curious how they, they must have some plan already in motion and within their creative teams. I, obviously, I don't think they're going to do anything in the films for a long period of time, but they're obviously talking about it there. And it's inter I would love to know what they're thinking because it's just just to have the brainstorming sessions of what to do because Fox has done so much and fucked up so much. I don't know. I think Spider-Man's a good indication for how they'll handle it. They'll, they'll, they'll uh, stay true to the characters, and, and but they will be fresh and they won't show you the shit you've seen before. Okay. Well, um, speaking of things you've seen before, so when we're watching, like, you know, Avengers Infinity War, and we're seeing, like, all the snapping going down and everyone's disintegrating, I remember thinking to myself, this is familiar, and I can't put a finger on it. It wasn't until I saw Dark Phoenix that as soon as I saw it happen again in Dark Phoenix, the disintegration of everybody, right, I thought to myself, oh, fuck yeah. That's from the last Disintegrating is just a comic book sci-fi staple. People disintegrate all the time. But I've never really seen it done like it was done in Infinity War, except for in The Last Stand. Like, that was the last time I think I saw it done like that. Yeah. Where, where it was just, like, poof, and this dust had gone away. Like not, like, not broken down to, like, a really violent, gory, Neil Blomkamp level. Like, done, like, maybe, what was it called? Um, Firestarter, or whatever the fuck it was called. Firewalk, Fire Project. What the fuck was that called? Firebase. Like, Oats Studios, Firebase. This, you're talking about Oats Studio again. So then everything kind of, you know, wraps up immediately nicely after Jean Grey takes, you know, Vuck into space, disintegrates her, and becomes one with the Phoenix Force. Which is when I was thinking again, like I mentioned earlier, maybe she always had something in her, like her mutant power was the Phoenix Force. Very vague. And that maybe that's exactly the reason why the Phoenix Force was attracted to her. Because she that's why she's able to sustain the power or maybe she's just that powerful of a mutant i don't know when, able when, to control the power when jessica chastain started explaining what the phoenix was that's where i went to pee so i, I missed a little bit a little it's there. a force it, it's just a giant force that can go around creating life yeah um on planets and it can destroy planets to create more life on planets and that's essentially where the movie ends we get you know charles and and eric playing chess Right and in Paris, and we look up and we see that the Phoenix Force did survive. Jean Grey is going to survive as the Phoenix Force, and she's just going to fly around, planet to planet, creating life. Yay! Okay, is that what's and going that's on there? The end. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the end of the Fox Men universe. I mean, we will never see the New Mutants in theaters. I will be surprised if we see the New Mutants in theaters, but that's it. That's the end. So, Fox Men universe went out with like you know a. Mediocre film after a mediocre franchise. I would give it less than mediocre. And uh, although the franchise had its highs, I mean, and and Logan is a worthy. But big like, lows, but big lows. Yeah, I did. Uh, but Logan is a worthy like ender because just as, you know, Endgame seems to imply that, yes, like this is an end of sorts, but it's not the end, but it's a, a end. It's an end of... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is off to save the environment. Chris Evans is off to his sex dungeon. Woo! Uh, and uh, the, the franchise will be a little bit different from here on out. In this case, the franchise is, is dead. <laughs> it will not carry on in this continuity, or oh, I assume gone. casting continuity. 
with the maybe asterisks of Ryan Reynolds because they'll, everybody loves Ryan Reynolds so much because he's so likable. He's so fuckable. Yeah. They'll let him do whatever the fuck he wants. You want to be Pikachu? You can be Pikachu. Who cares? Do whatever you want. Um, you want some money and uh, and to help run a gin company? You don't have to do anything. Just be a face. Done. No, is that is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Reynolds gym. Yeah, aviation. It's amazing gin though. Really good gin. Are you saying gym or gin? Gin. Oh, the like drink. Alcohol. Okay. I I, I thought yeah. I heard Jim, and I thought he had a Jim franchise. Jim Halpert. No, no, no. G Y M. Oh, a guy. <laughs> so, anyways, um. Yeah, I, you're right. Deadpool is the only way this franchise will continue, and he will obviously be able to make mention of, oh, I used to be, you know, uh, you know, under this uh, company, and now I'm under this company. Seems like my f bombs will be censored. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Beep, the, beep. They'll let oh. him talk about the MCU, but they won't let the MCU talk about Deadpool. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, and that is also how it's kind of been positioned. Yeah. As a franchise by Bob Iger, and from things we've heard from Kevin Feige. Where it sounds like, yeah, it's Deadpool will comment on everything and, and be able to go anywhere. But, yeah, limitations will be only there. Because after that, everyone else will not be referring to Deadpool. Yeah. So, Dark Phoenix, who is your fuck me from this movie? Because, Felk, we're in the fuck me final tidbit. That's a tough one, actually. Between, I mean, it's between J-Law and uh, Sansa. Um, I'm gonna go with J- oh, seriously? I'm going to go with J-Law. See, I'm Alexandra Ship. I thought Storm was amazing in this. I really loved. I love. I love her. She looks beautiful. Oh, ooh. Storm's a great you'd rather, character. You'd rather fuck Alexandra Ship than Sophie Turner or Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. Or Michael Fassbender. And and I would rather fuck uh, Alexandra Ship with her mohawk. Yeah. I loved her with the mohawk. Okay, hang on. Weird choice. Hang on. Let's talk Stay about law. that for a second. Let's talk about that for a second. Storm has had different hair yeah. in every single X-Men film with the exception of Dark Phoenix. Quick question. Which X-Men film does she have the same hair that she has in Dark Phoenix? Apocalypse? That's the only movie no. she's in. No, no, no. Alexandra Ship, yeah, but I'm talking about the character Storm. Uh, she has the same hair as Holly Berry in one of the movies? Yes. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about Storm's hair. Days of Future Past, they have the exact same hair uh, um, in, in Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past. It's the only time Storm hair has ever has ever been the same. Now, what's your favorite Storm hair out of all the Storm hair? Pass. Mine is X2. I love X2 Storm hair. I do not give a shit about Storm's hair. I love it when it's just like right behind her ears and it's like shoulder length and it's just it's really hot. And then I would say next Mohawk. I don't like girls. Dyeing their hair white, either. But she's not dyeing her hair white, right? That's not Storm ha- dyeing her hair. No, the no. Holly Berry just wore wigs. Yeah, and Holly Berry just wore wigs, exactly. No, I got it. Oh, character. speaking of hair, did it piss you off when you were looking at Jean's CG hair? You mean she was, like, fiery? No, Jean Grey's hair, when just at moments when it was supposed to look like it was windy, was fully CGI, just to have it moving. So it felt like that the hair was also, like... You know, um, uh, fully energized by the Phoenix Force, that it was moving. It was, it was like literally Aquaman, like level of hair moving, like it was underwater. But it was just Jean Grey's hair in scenes, like the scene where she kills Mystique. Her hair is moving that whole time. It's the weirdest, and it's CGI. It's it's really odd. 
And Captain Marvel did a bunch of CGI hair too. And there are a few times it's obvious. Like when she just goes into space and their hair is supposed to be anti-gravity hair and it's all floating. But the rest of Captain Marvel's hair when CGI, when she's feeling the binary force, is really well done. Sophie Turner's hair did not look good, right. to me at least. <laughs> and, and when she was like phoenixing and it was and it was wiggling like weird spaghetti it was i did not like it at all i did i did not i of all the things i had problems with cgi hair was not on the list i am wondering well, did now you if, even, did you even see it or were you twittering probably twittering i mean I, I i'm i'm wondering now if sophie turner is naturally a redhead joe jonas if you're listening she got that fire crutch <laughs> let us know um did you ever end up saying who you would fuck you said J-Law? No, no. You, you said oh, yeah. It's J-Law all, all, all the way. J-Law for the entirety of the X-Men franchise, I believe. She's the hottest. Awesome. She's the hottest, yeah. Um, who, yeah so, well, I mean, who, who else is hotter? Rebecca Remains Stamos was really hot, but like J-Law. Halle Berry J- is not hotter, but she would be my next after J-Law, I would say. But I, Ellen Page? This, oh, yeah. No, not Ellen Page. No, me- I mean, Ellen Page is, 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 is cute and beautiful, no, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fuck her. Um, Alexandra ship though out of the J Law in this film I don't, I don't, and the Sophie uh, Turner in this film, I would say Alexandra ship for I, sure. I, I don't. You're acting like she's been in other things. I, I don't. I don't know her in anything else, but I think she's really beautiful. Twenty seven. Okay, love checks out. Um, I guess she, she's she's not unattractive. She's definitely not unattractive. I I, I don't like mohawks on girls. No, I know, but I, sometimes they can pull it off, and I think she pulls it off enough that I would I enjoyed it. No, have hair all over. Felk, what, what, where was the fuck in this one, huh? X Men films drop fucks now, so where was the fuck in this one? They didn't have one, did they? They did. Cyclops said it. Oh, really? What did he say it? So Cyclops said in New York City, right before they got into the fight <laughs> with um uh, uh Magneto. I'm the Magneto's Cyclops, like, bitch. He says, no, he says something like, my Neo's like, I'm going to go in there and go kill Jean Grey. And Cyclops is something like, fuck yeah, I will, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was in the movie, but again, he does. No, he, he says that Cyclops says, I will fucking kill you. I will you. fucking kill you. I don't remember. I that. will fucking kill you. He says, I will fucking kill you. I'll take your word for it. Dude. I wrote it down after he said it because I was blown away. I was like, whoa, Cyclops said I will fucking kill you? Was he Optimus all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, I remember that, that movie. Op- oh, yeah, which one? I'll fucking all kill five, you. Uh, all five of the Transformers, Optimus yells, I will fucking kill <laughs> Give you. Give me the cube or I'll <laughs> fucking kill you. Seriously, I've watched some of the Transformers films back with my you kids. And there are the little cube. movies that you're like, oh, geez. Oh, Optimus, stop, stop being so bloodthirsty. You fucking warmongerer. Okay, let's move on. Oh, did you also notice that Cyclops was always running in and out of rooms super fast throughout the movie? I, 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 don't, I do not like Ty Sheridan. I, I think he's bad in everything. I know, you hated him in the uh, Ready Player I One. I did, and I hated, him, I hated yeah. him in Cyclops, too. <laughs> he's got a, yeah, well, he's got a weird mouth it. face thing going there on. Were, there were so many times they just cut all of a sudden to Ty Sheridan sprinting down a hall and kicking open doors and being like, so and so is gone. So and so is sick. So and so is here. Like it was. It was pretty funny. There were a bunch of moments of that. I'm getting very hungry here. Uh, okay. Well, Felk, we're we're wrapping up here. So obviously, there's no sequel here, right? And nope. there was no Wolverine. No. Uh, this is the first X-Men film to have absolutely no Hugh Jackman or Wolverine at all in the movie. 
Deadpool movies always had a somehow a Hugh Jackman reference or an actual like scene from another film in there. Sure. Uh, yeah, he, he, he you need him. He's, he's you you need him to be in the movie. It was kind of sad to not have him at all. Apocalypse was fucking terrible though. Like that that was that was so shoehorned in it didn't make sense. Yeah, and I don't know where he would have been honestly in this story that would have made sense, but I felt like it just was weird to have him not in it. And also, you know, to have somebody else that was missing, that's part of the X-Men uh, past, uh, there was no Lauren Schuler Donner involvement in this film at all. Hmm. At all. She even fucking, someone on Twitter was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry that you had to be a part of, you know, X-Men Dark Phoenix. And she wrote, save your condolences, I had zero nothing to do with Dark Phoenix or Apocalypse or New Mutants. But she's an executive she, producer from the credits. Yeah, but she's barely attached um, I think she's also technically worked on um, Days of, or I think she technically has the credits on Days of Future Past and Logan as well, but she did not work on those either, oh. if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the case. So she hasn't been on it for a while, and uh, but like it's just one of those things that she clearly wanted to distance herself though. Once Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, once Dark Phoenix came out, she was just like, "Fuck that! I'm no, don't even, don't even connect me to these. All right. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done. So sorry, Laura. Shoot, Lauren Shula, daughter. Richard Donner's wife or daughter, I'm not sure. Daughter. Daughter. But what is she going to do now? Like, all she's been doing since 2000 has been X-Men films. I don't know. If you have to, and if like, Disney has to have women in charge, replace Kathleen Kennedy with her. I think we can wrap it up and, and we have to rate them all now. Or rank them all. Rank them all. They're right. So, last time at our Deadpool 2 spoiler cast, we had a major fiasco. We tried to wing it, right? I we, tried to wing it. I, you it. didn't even want to do it, but I was bold. But you did, you did, you wanted to do it, and you were bold, and we tried, and we we got through them all, except we fucking forgot First Class, yeah. and that was the only one. And of course, you can't forget First Class out of all of those, because that one obviously ranks really high up there. Pretty so, high, yeah. Here we go, quick cool boy ranking of all the Fox Men films. We we alternating, or we do them all at once. Do them all at once. Start with your worst, end on your best. I'm going first. Go first, Felk. Worst is X-Men Dark Phoenix as the, the, le the most boring time I had. Uh, then X-Men Origins Wolverine, technically a worse film, but more interesting. Uh, I'm going to go Apocalypse now. And this gets tough. Now I'm going to go Deadpool 2. Getting complicated here. I'm going to go Last Stand. Then... Mm. The Wolverine, then Deadpool, then X-Men, then Dot Dafpa, Days of Future Past, then X-Men First Class, then Logan, and then I'm going to give X2, X-Men United, still the best. Wow. Ooh, that, okay, so I think my final three might be somewhat similar to that, actually. Okay, so I'm going to just go first. I'm going to say X-Men Origins Wolverine is my uh, least favorite. It's it, Whether it's rated or ranked, it's just my least favorite. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Then I'm going to say uh, after X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, next I would have to go with X-Men Apocalypse. I really could not stand X-Men Apocalypse. I thought it was garbage. And it was, it was shocking coming after something like Days of Future Past and First Class. And just... Deadpool and, and the Wolverine, which, once again, I actually like the Wolverine. Um, after that, I would say it goes X-Men Dark Phoenix. Mm. 
Th then I would say it goes, oof, it goes X-Men The Last Stand. Mm -hmm. So I say Last Stand is just a slightly better film, and that's kind of sad. Then I would say X-Men. Then I would say The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Then I would go with, um, I think it's going to go Deadpool 2, then Deadpool. Okay. Back to back. Th then Logan. Okay. Wow. Okay. Then First Class. Okay. And then, um, oof, I'm going to go... I'm going to go X-Men Days of Future Past next, and I'm going to end it on X2, X-Men United. And the only reason I'm going to end with X2, X-Men United is because it had yet to be fucked up by all the continuity issues. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't blame the movie for that. Nor do I blame the movie, the finished product of the movie, for the horrible things happening at pool parties while it was being made. Amen. Allegedly. Allegedly. Cool Boy Nation, tell us what you thought about X-Men Dark Phoenix by emailing us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every week. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys and review us on iTunes. You can also mm -hmm. donate to us on patreon.com at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Ooh. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with Batman and Beyond. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. And we have a huge mailbag growing, and we need to go through it. We're not going to this nope. time, uh, and we'll, we'll try to next week. Next week will be our mailbag episode. Find out where's Nolan. And also, uh, we have some other inquiries from some others, too. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk. And that's Bizies from Ballard. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Oh! Get the Cool Boys! <laughs> <laughs> so serious.